On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick once again have to navigate a rather bleak week in Star Wars news, but worry not, they have some hot air to spew. They'll start with another amazingly arrogant interview from Tony Gilroy to let fans know what he thinks about legacy character cameos and his own excellence. The dudes will also go over a crew gift that Sabine actress Natasha Lou Bordizzo showed off because it reveals a few now-confirmed casting rumors while lacking others. They'll also return to The Bad Batch, which now seems like it will be releasing soon after all. Then it's wild rumor time as they tackle one that teases new things for Kenobi and actor Tim Morrison. They may even lay down their picks for legacy characters to appear in Andor before everything is all said and done. Of course, the show will end with the question of the week responses and the latest round of Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features. Whew! Punch it, Chewie. How long it's been over this time. (laughs) You know. Hey, now, everybody. We do it every week. I don't even know why I pointed out, but one of these days, (laughs) you know, let's just be real. None of these days, I'm never going to hit the post, as they call it in the radio world. Uh, In the video world, I'm never going to hit that transition. It just just doesn't work. Nick and I, we were talking about important stuff and forgot that I was rolling the intro. So, welcome. (laughs) I'm about meeting guys. I'm about meeting girls. Scores man got a tattoo. Welcome to the Star Wars Time Show. And no, I don't have a tattoo yet, but I'll tell you what, Nick. As someone that dedicated way too much time this summer to the Ink Master franchise, I, I got some fantastic news last week while watching an episode of Bar Rescue. And okay. that is Ink Master is coming back for season 14. Nice. New host, new judges, fan fa- fan favorite contestants. I am excited for that. I, I think so it actually kicks a, off. It's not going to be um, Dave Navarro anymore. He's well, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to go too deep into this rabbit hole about Ink Master, but because I became a super fan, I, I learned kind of what happened and why the show has not been on the air for a little bit. Apparently, um, Oliver Peck at some point in his life was a big fan of blackface and, and dressing up like that. He okay. was one of the main judges, so I it was, remember uh, him. Yeah, it was Navarro Peck who was like uh, really good at the American skin- traditional. Was he? And like, then he Chris- was like the skinny guy, and then Chris yeah, with like with long hair and yeah, 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 and then Nunez. So yeah. it was those three for thirteen seasons, and then it, you know how things get the, all the canceling and stuff. Some of the cancelings deserved other. Sometimes it's like, all right, you know, twenty thirty years ago, are we really going to do this? But hey, that's that's where we're at. So he got in trouble. Ink Master essentially went off the air. But like I said, um, I, I dedicated a, a lot of my recovery time was my fat ass sitting on a couch watching mm-hmm. Ink Master season one through 13. Then then the girls show the grudge match redemption. I love it. Like, I, I love the the whole tattoo scene, even though I don't have a fucking tattoo. It's, it's weird, but <laughs> I, I think it's I love the art form. Let's just yeah. leave it at that. So I was jazzed. So fear not, Nick. 
Your boy Navarro is still involved, but um, I think it's Benji Madden from Good Charlotte. One of the Mad oh, yeah. Joel Madden, one of the Madden brothers, has now taken Navarro's main hosting duties. Okay. And the judges have been replaced by two former contestants. One is the first ever female Ink Master. Nice. Uh, the other's a dude. With, like season one, he was really good, and then there's another famous tattooer. So yeah, that, that, I think that's coming back to Paramount Plus. Uh, first week of or second week of September, like September eighth or something like that. So yeah. good news there. Nice. Um, other positive news: if you follow the show, uh, you, you know about the leg, the saga. I try to do a little update every week, and I was talking to young Nick before we went live, and and uh, he may even been caught off guard because I'm not a very positive person. <laughs> I, I don't really seek joy in life. I prefer misery and um cynicism i'm a pessimistic you know nothing is ever going to go correctly I and mean, that's just that's just how i am it's a miserable way to live i don't recommend it but if you are born like me you know embrace it uh but uh, i think it was uh, three weeks ago three two and a half fridays ago if you will i started physical therapy for my busted ass right leg i, I had no weight on it for almost uh, 11 weeks it sucked First week of therapy sucked. It still didn't feel like I was ever going to have a workable right leg again. Second week of therapy felt a little bit better, but it was still kind of like, you know what? This blows. I mean, in fact, <laughs> last week when I was driving to therapy, I started crying. I was like, what the f- This fucking sucks. Why? But after my third PT session, when my man Andrew bumped me up to 75% weight bearing and uh, challenged me to go down to one crutch, Things are starting to click, my friend. Um, so I've been one crutching since last Thursday. And I, my right leg feels the best it's probably felt since I fucking destroyed it on a one wheel back on June 10th. Now, that doesn't mean I'm any closer to being back on the one wheel or, or kind of being the human that I was. But coming from where I, I came from in early June... To even just three weeks ago or two and a half weeks ago starting therapy, I, I for the first time since this has happened, I, I I'm letting a little a little bit of positivity creep into my dark, dank, <laughs> negative soul. So <laughs> that um that feels good. Now yeah. I, I was still told that I probably shouldn't go to the Buckeye game this weekend versus Notre Dame, which bums me out because if you are a CFB fan. Uh, that's by far the biggest game of the opening season, if not the opening few weeks. It's huge. I mean, you already have title implications on the line week one between Ohio State and Notre Dame. Uh, but my my physician assistant's like, you know what? You probably could go, but I doubt you'd make the entire game. And I'm yeah. just sitting there like, you know, it's a night game. We're crazy in Columbus. We, we get over 200,000 people on campus for college football games. Over 100,000 moves into the stadium when the game begins. Yeah. And it's just like, dude, I, I don't, that's probably not the, the most would your, wise. Would your seats be like, would you have to go up and down stairs? If I peed like I usually pee at public events because I drink, yeah. yeah. I, I would so, be, yeah. I mean, it, it sucks because I, you know, I'm alumni. I, I get the special windows. So they're very nice seats. They're in the A, A deck, which is essentially one deck from the field. For nuts like me that hate people, but also like being able to pee without bothering people, I had the end row. 
Right, Nick? You know Enro seats oh, yeah. at concerts, sporting events are golden. Oh, yeah, man. Golden. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're, if you're a frequent pisser like myself. I, I Ever since I was like 21, I, I, I've essentially ha- have had the prostate and bladder of a 70-year-old man. I, it just it sucks. Uh, if I even have like, you, you know, people like, oh, just, you know, have, have some booze. You're not drinking as much liquid. It, it doesn't work that way. The moment that alcohol touches my system, it goes right to my prostate and starts punching on it in my bladder saying, hey, you just had some alcohol. Hey, you just had some alcohol. Do you want to pee? You want to pee? You want to pee? You want to pee? So uh, as most things in life, Nick, I've, I've also ruined public events because I do like to have some drinks, not get goofy fucked up like the college days but even some drinks turns into matt's pissing every 20 minutes so he's missing the live <laughs> event anyways you know what i mean are you are you a do you have piss problems in public or are you normal no no i'm pretty good in public um so we just booked so kevin smith clerks three getting ready to come out he's doing his like uh his nationwide tour for it. we just booked the the seats for austin when he comes through in november but uh, I still book end seats, even though I don't have like bathroom, like I have to go every 20, 25 minutes. Like I don't have those issues, but like I also just like having the end seat because if you're on the very end, you have more leg room. You stick a leg out yep. into the aisle and then you just pull it back in when you see somebody coming, um, you know, and it, you just just a little bit more comfortable. You're not squeezed in. So I, I don't have the problems with bathroom time but i do enjoy the extra little bit of elbow room that a corner seat yeah, or an just, edge I, seat will allow you i also i also feel like i i have the the first out if something shady goes down and there's yeah. a lot of benefits i mean yeah you, you might have to get up and down a few times but i don't get you know um college stadiums in particular are still usually bench seats so if you're in the middle of a row sometimes, especially around other fat fuck Americans, because that's what we like to do. We like to eat a lot. Yeah, that shit ain't comfortable either. So I always like that that exit row. It's it's the only way to go to an event. So Definitely. either way, like I said, things are, are looking more positive than I thought they would at this point. Uh, there's a good chance I'll be approved 100% weight bearing this Friday. I don't know if they're going to take the other crutch away. Uh, so might be... Might be getting my license back too, which will be nice. I haven't been able to drive anywhere since June 10 either. So I've been at the at the whims of my wife like she's my mother and I'm a 10-year-old trying to get to all my sporting events throughout the week. So, <laughs> uh, But, you know, to kind of make me realize that the universe still hates me and the force is rarely with me, I was telling Nick earlier, um, starting last week and continuing this week, unfortunately, I'm getting some pretty intense... Uh, exertion headaches, which are, are bad enough that today I almost dropped a 60 pound dumbbell into my skull because it hit me at the peak of a, of a press move. Uh, so it's not just a headache. I mean, it is like, I was telling Nick, it's like someone's got like electrodes on my brainstem. And as soon as I hit a certain level exertion, this evil little fucker goes, and it's like, ah! you almost like freeze, like getting hit by a taser or something, I'd imagine. So your muscles kind of stop. And, you know, sometimes when you have 60 pounds of dumbbells in each arm and that happens, it's not the best thing. So hopefully it works itself out. But I can tell you right now, if this is continuing into next week, I'm now probably going to have to go get checked out for, uh, like I told Nick, brain tumors, strokes, 
aneurysms or other things that could be going on in the gray <laughs> matter. So anytime there's a win in my life, don't you worry. The universe will make sure to humble me. So like I said, I am a glass half empty type of dude. Yeah. All right. Um, we don't have a lot of friends here today. I don't know what's going Is there something going on, on on August 30th on a Tuesday? I'm trying to think. I mean, not that we we broadcast at a horrible time for a lot of people to kind of tune in, but this is literally the least amount of live streamers in the chat room I've ever seen. So hopefully everyone's all right. And we didn't piss uh, too many people off in between episode 227 and 228. But we are here for you every Tuesday, 2.30 p. East on YouTube, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. All right, my friend, uh, it, it's another, you know, we, we, we have a number of topics. I don't know how deep they are, um, but, you know, we're, we're, still, we're still scraping by here trying to shoulder the load to entertain you star wars fans at least until september 21st we're going to get some content via andor but before that got our pop culture roundup if you're on the stream you've seen i've had the poster here for dc league super pets yes i know it came out uh, over a month ago but it just hit on demand this past weekend. So, you know, for those of you that might be running families or can't get out to the theaters or need stuff to do with the little ones, we are here for you. Yes, the Star Wars Time Show serves all angles of pop culture. So uh, I have to tell you, uh, I was a fan of this film. I actually think it was one of the better animated films to drop in 2022. Uh, unlike a lot of people, I, I do like Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, I don't want to say I have like a, a gay, gay love for him, but, you know, it, 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 anything he puts out, I'm probably going to dabble in. And that's just how it is. Um, so he's in this, his boy Kevin Hart's in it. You know, these two have been great in movies together. They're, they're, they're actually one of the better comedy duos in, in films at this point in time. They were great in Jumanji and... and was that other film they did where they're like cops or some shit? Uh, yeah. But they're kind of the, the, the leads in this. Of course, The Rock, he's Superman's dog because he's got to be the number one. And Kevin Hart ends up, I'm not going to give you spoilers, but let's just say his dog goes with someone that you would think would kind of be, uh, it w would be in line with The Rock's Superman or Crypto going with Superman. Put two and two together, you'll figure it out. But uh, ultimately, the voice cast is great. The hijinks are fun. Uh, there, there's a little heart to it, a good message in the end. So overall, it, it's, a, it's a pretty fun kids movie with some DC infusion, right? We can't rely on live action DC anymore. So if we can get hits of Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman and the gang, the Justice League, in animated form and it's tolerable, I'll, I'll uh, put my support behind it. So uh, if you've been thinking about, hey, I need something to watch with the kids this weekend, you you. you you can't do, you can't go wrong with DC League of Super Pets. Um, I think it's out now for like 20 bucks on most streamers. So is Top Gun 2, by the way. I, I was, I'm actually, I want to give Tom Cruise a clap here. Not because of the movie. We already know the movie's great. But the fact that they released Top Gun Maverick 
at only $20 at launch, I actually applaud them for that because this movie's so popular, they could have released it for the $30 that some asshole studios do and people still would have paid it. So good for them. I guess they felt like they made enough enough millions Dude, at the box office. They, that, I think that movie passed like... It's like the second highest grossing domestic yeah. movie of all time or something like that. Yeah, it's so. it's in like the 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 Avatar realm or the other movie that that Endgame. It's in those it's in those yeah. uh it's on that pedestal for sure. Yeah. Uh and, and that's what I mean. Like it was such a big draw. They they could have squoze a little money out of people, out of fans. I probably would have paid the 30. I've even I've already seen it, but I've been wanting to see it again at home. I probably would have shelled out the 30 because I'm an asshole and, you know, at night you're clicking on those buttons. It's so easy to just hit. Sure. Why not? <laughs> I'm not seeing money leave my pocket anymore. So who gives a fuck? It's coming out of some account. But, I, you know, that they, they dropping it for 20 bucks. That's not, not bad at Tom Cruise in the studio. All right. The yeah. other one that's a day late and a dollar short, but also has recently hit on demand. And that is Minions to Rise of Gru. Nick, I know you're an adult that has, hasn't had kids have you been, have you ever experienced like Despicable Me and then the Minions spinoff or is that just something you obviously wouldn't be of interest to an adult? <laughs> I, um, I saw the first Despicable Me, but after that I hadn't seen anything else. Okay. It, it's actually, and I'm being serious, like I, I get it, I, I'm a dad, so I'm, I'm kind of s- subjected to more animated films than most men my yeah. age. But I, I have to admit, I actually really enjoy the Despicable Me trilogy. I like the Minions spinoff, and I really enjoyed Minions The Rise of Gru, which I would say is, is kind of a prequel sequel. So it's a sequel to Minions, which is a prequel to Despicable Me. So you, you get to learn a little more about Gru, played excellently voiced by Steve Carell, as a um, child wanting to be a supervillain and how the Minions kind of help him get there. But... I just I I can't help but if we're looking at the graphic on the live stream, Nick, this is Kevin Stewart and Bob, and, and they're kind of like the main minions out of the pack. And I, I just have to say that they remind me so much of Mo, Larry, and Curly. <laughs> and, and I think that's why I love Despicable Me and the Minions, because it's it is like watching the three stooges. Just the shit they do, how stupid they are. The, the hijinks they get themselves in. And then their language, which to me is a mix of Spanish and gibberish, is it, it's just a cherry on top. So if you're looking for a fun movie again, even if you don't have kids, I, I, I would say these are still entertaining if, if you need, you know, just something lighthearted. Minions to Rise of Gru, worth your time. Thanks. Nice, nice. Last but not least, Nick. And if you're, if you can see the live stream screen right now, I try to, you know, we, we got to enunciate for our, our podcast listeners. I have an image of Mr. Ronald D. Moore on screen. Nick, do you know who Ronald D. Moore is? Uh, I know of him, but I can't honestly remember okay. the projects that he's working well, on. Well, I'm, I'm sure you're a fan of him once I remind you of what he has done. And, and this is just kind of a quick appreciation for this guy while also promoting some recent work here that I think people should check out. So Ronald D. Moore kind of got his start in sci-fi storytelling with Star Trek The Next Generation, moved into Deep Space Nine, and then more or less did all of Voyager. He's probably most famously known for the Battlestar Galactica reboot. Yes, that's uh, what I know him from. That, that's when he really kind of made a name for himself when he moved from Star Trek. But he, he, he also had a hand in the 
TNG Star Trek movies, which are all pretty good. Uh, the Battlestar Galactica prequel, Caprica or whatever it was called. Uh, Outlander, I think he does. And more recently, and the reason I'm bringing this up is For All Mankind on Apple TV+. Plus. Um, I'm almost done with the third season. And, and I just have to reiterate that I, I think it's one of the greatest sci-fi fiction slash alt-reality shows ever. And the reason I'm talking about Ronald Moore is this. I, I just want to highlight, like, this guy pretty much only hits home runs. That's the point. That's why we're looking at Ronald Moore and not for all mankind. Uh, I just The guy doesn't seem to swing and miss. Uh, he, he seems to put together teams and writers that, that really know what I like to watch, as well as other sci-fi geeky type of people. I mean, I'm, I've always been a geek. I'm way more into science fiction than fantasy. I love them both, but I'm, I'm clearly in the sci-fi camp over fantasy. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just I, I just wanted to recognize this dude specifically and more recently because of his work on For All Mankind, which, uh, Nick, I know you haven't gone through it yet, but I, I highly suggest moving that into a priority position in the Caminita household watch list. It's just this third season. Every fucking episode, you're like, I want to watch the next one. I want to watch the next one. I want to watch the next one. It's just it just has that. It's very good storytelling. And lastly, with Ronald D. Moore, how has this guy not been involved in Star Wars yet? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's he- a hard question, considering that, like, you can't use the excuse of, well, he did Star Trek, so we don't want to mix with Star Wars because J.J. did Star Trek and he right. did Star Wars, too. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe his type of of sci-fi is a little bit more heady than Star Wars sci-fi, like a little bit more... um like scientific focused and not as much like action focused and no yeah i mean yeah because if, if you to me the difference between star trek and star wars always was the storytelling star trek yeah. was always more socially political and and like you said sciency right yeah. you know worrying about black holes and, and time travel and this that and the other thing where star wars was more of a of a space fantasy yeah. It was more of the, you know, the, the, the King Arthur type of stuff, Knights of the Round Table. So, yeah, I, I mean, he would, I, I'm with you, I think he would bring a headier approach to Star Wars, but he just seems like he would fucking nail it. Like, I, I, yeah. I, I and I think Star Wars fans would be, it, and honestly, dude, we're going we're gonna to shift to this guy, but it sounds like Gilroy is kind of making a Star Wars property that Ronald D. Moore might make. One that's a little more removed from the fantasy side of Star Wars and, and trying to be a little more reality-based with, with, with politics and, and the common person versus, you know, mythical, magical figures. Yeah, no, no I agree with that for sure. Um, I, I think that the closest thing that he did, I mean, I haven't seen For All Mankind, but... The closest thing they did to Star Wars was definitely BSG, the the you know yeah, the reboot. Totally. Totally. Because that does like it that actually has a very good mix of like the scientific side of things and the kind of action oriented side of things because you have characters that kind of span that whole width. Well, it also um, asks deep questions that Star Wars is never gonna ask, like yeah. the, the idea of sentient machines it, and yeah. humans, like Humanity. are are they real? Yeah, is, exactly. is is a sentient machine real? Yeah. So 
And I think that there's already been such an established canon to like what droids are in Star Wars that it would be hard to now have that like that conversation around like their humanity or their sentience to a certain degree. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I do think that he would do a great job in the Star Wars universe. It would just be kind of like you said with Gilroy, you would have to find the right piece of content for him to make for it to be good. Yeah. Like, I don't think that you can throw him like in the middle of the, the OT. Like, I don't think that he would function well there. Yeah. Yeah. That- I, I was going to say he, he doesn't get to touch leg, you know, legacy character stuff or yeah. as they call it, the Skywalker saga, you know, saying that we got to keep that, the, the, the sanctity of that saga yeah. safe. So yeah, yeah, I'm with you. So I, but I do think that he could be an, a valuable person to write for the franchise. It's just like, where do you want to put him? Do you want to put him back in the old Republic when there were, when there actually yeah. was a lot of studying about the force? What can it do? How can we use Good this? Point. Yeah. You know, like that seems more in his wheelhouse than like, we're in the middle of a civil war and, there's fighting over here. There's fighting over here and all this other stuff. So, um, yeah, so just finding the right time period for him. But yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe he thinks star Wars sucks and he's like, I always was a fucking star Trek guy. <laughs> star Wars is stupid. It's just laser swords and guns. Yeah. And- <laughs> yeah. He's very, he's very yeah. partisan, but I, I, yeah. I doubt it. I'm sure. I'm sure we could dig up an interview. He's like, Oh, I'd love to do it. I just never got the call. I mean, honestly, yeah. he's probably never got the call. Cause I don't think the guy ever has time off. I mean, no, yeah, he's, he's, he's been busy since the early nineties with star Trek, the next generation. I mean, he's not had a break. I think Outlander is still currently running series. Uh, for yeah, all mankind, so. I know they 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 definitely just greenlit season four, so he'll be busy on that. So he he probably is just he's a commodity that can't be bought by Lucasfilm at this point. So that's it on Ron Moore. Uh, more of the focus on for all mankind, which is his most recent. It just it's it's so good, and it's not fantastical. It, it just kind of. It, it, um, like I said, it's, it's all reality dating back to the space race of the sixties and, uh, Russia gets to the moon first and things, you know, where we're at in season three, they're in, they're in like the mid nineties, but in terms of, uh, space travel and technology, humanity is, was way more advanced than we would have been in the nineties, but it's all expertly done, keeps it within that era they even do like made up uh, news stories that you like a you know a DVD bonuses that you can look at that are telling half truths of of history from our past while also adding the alternate spin that for all mankind has created. So good stuff there from Ron Moore. Yeah. All right, here we go. We got Kingdom Weird watching Strange New Worlds. Yes, that is a great Star Trek show on Paramount Plus. By the way, Nick, check that out if you're still paying for it. Uh, Brando Calrissian joining us. Hello, Bat. I'm with you. I want to check out Lost Ollie on Netflix as well. I like crying over cartoons myself. (laughs) Okay. So for those just joining live stream, we were paying homage to Ronald D. Moore and his excellent run of sci-fi projects. But now it's time for Star Wars time. Um, Before we get into our topics, just remember, I, I, I try to get a few pieces of short form content out a week these days now that i'm back at work it's probably going to go down a little bit but since it has shown fruit in driving new subscription or subscribers to all platforms i will stick to it uh, but just to give you a recap last week in between shows 
I put out a Darth Vader number 26 quick cap in review. Vader channels Anakin to ride a massive pod racer. So that's a, a mm-hmm. uh, review and recap of the latest Vader issue. Check it out. It looks like we're finally moving into the next phase of this, getting even closer to the events of Return of the Jedi. And then I also, uh, courtesy of Bat, punched up a little short form thing that we're going to talk about here on the show about a, a crazy ass rumor that I knew I probably shouldn't cover, but I was bored on a Friday day off, so I did it anyways. So don't forget, you can find our short-form content on YouTube, TikTok, and Instagram. Typically, Star Wars Time Show is the account you're looking for. All right, my friend, we've been talking about this guy every week for the past few weeks, and I hope it doesn't end at least until Andor itself ends. And I'm talking about our man, the cockiest narcissist in all of Hollywood, but we love him for it, and that is... Mr. At this point, I think he needs to be knighted, Sir Tony Gilroy. So <laughs> here, here's the lead on the article I put out last week on this guy. I, I just, I absolutely love this man when someone puts a mic in front of his face. I really do. I, I know we get sarcastic here, but he is a gem. Tony Gilroy thinks Andor is a series for people who don't give a shit about Star Wars. And that is playing off of a quote he says. So let's dive into it, my friend, because this guy is the man. I love this guy. All right. So here's 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 the quote about not you know he doesn't give a shit or this is this Andor is for people that basically don't even know about Star Wars. So here's the quote: You should be able to watch the show and not give a shit about Star Wars ever or have ever seen any Star Wars. This show should work on its own. The hope, the dream, is that the really hardcore Star Wars community, all of us, will embrace the show in a new way. Be wary, my friends. He's writing, he's saying some scary uh. shit. That they'll be thrilled to have someone come in and completely, uncynically get down molecularly in their world and treat it like a real thing. Let me, let me uh, break that down for all of you. <laughs> he basically just said, you, you fanboys are fucking stupid, and I'm going to show you why you're stupid by making the best non-Star Wars fan story that has ever been created. Am I wrong or am I wrong, Nick? That's what uh, uh, he's yeah. saying. Like, that is very <laughs> accurate to what he said. It's, it's hard for me it's to, unbelievable. Take, <laughs> to, like, to like read anything that this guy says out in the media and take it even remotely seriously. Like it's, it's, it's hard because if if you just look at Tony Gilroy from what he's done in star Wars, which is very little, like he obviously has, he's not done a lot, but if you look at his other stuff, like the stuff that he actually like wrote and directed, like the born franchise is not good. I'm going to say that right now. The born franchise is not that good. Well, like he didn't, but like he wasn't involved in a lot of the Bourne franchise. Like he was involved with, like he wrote and directed the, the, the Bourne first one Legacy or the first one. two, not the oh, first, the, the, the Jeremy Renner one. Yeah. Which is the worst one of all of them. <laughs> Maybe the only thing that you can, that you can argue is that the, the only one that's worse is the newest one. The, the one that I think it's just called Bourne. Um, like, he wrote and directed that one. And that's arguably the worst one in that entire series. He wrote and directed Michael Clayton, which is like a very middle of the road kind of film. Like I don't, 
I George mean, Clooney, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, Clooney won. It had a best. It it did win for best supporting actress, which was Tilda Swinton. So she did a, a fantastic job in that film. Um, but again, like nobody remembers what Michael Clayton is about. <laughs> like he he for somebody no, who has nor, done nor as have little, I seen it. Yeah, like who has done like okay stuff. He has a very inflated sense of self. Like he wrote the screenplay for that movie, The Great Wall, which is arguably one of the worst, <laughs> one of the worst representations of of history of all time. Hey, <laughs> like, uh, oh, the, the Matt Damon Great yeah. Wall China movie. Great oh yeah, Great yeah, Wall my China my movie. yeah, Stun Boy uh, was on that, and he's like, dude, this thing was a fucking disaster. Yeah, like, it so was like, a disaster. It's 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 hard for me to take anything that Tony Gilroy says with any sense of like seriousness. Because you gotta love it though. Like I mean, the confidence <sighs> on this guy is yeah. amazing. Like he he just I'm not kidding. Like if you really read that that paragraph over and over, he is saying without saying, "Fuck diehard Star Star Wars fans. They don't even know what they like. I'm going to yeah. show them." what Star Wars should be and make it real. This yeah. is what they should like. Not, not all this, all the, you know, 40 plus years of bullshit that George Lucas <laughs> has been putting out. I'm Tony Gilroy, motherfucker. This is yeah. Star Wars for the first time. And, and look, <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I definitely am not one of those people who's like, Star Wars doesn't need to be changed. Star Wars doesn't need like a, a fresh set of eyes or a fresh perspective. I, Cause I think it does. I think that. Hey, I, I like every, the last Jedi right there. Start throwing like, darts at me. That's a guy that tried <laughs> a, a fresh perspective and he's almost dead. So we'll yeah, talk about him but, in a little bit too. <laughs> so like, I think that it's important to have that kind of stuff there, but it's also important to have <laughs> some sense of like, yeah. Humility for lack of a better yeah. term. Like, I don't know, man. Like he, he like, look, uh, maybe that's what he needs to do in Hollywood. Like he needs to go out there and beat his chest and make himself like, I guess, look at me, look at me. I'm the fucking guy because that's how you get noticed in, in Hollywood. But it's just man. my thing, dude, like when you're out promoting a show, you're, you're typically not promoting it to the casual audience. That's, that's like the definition of casual. If you're a casual Star Wars fan, you don't care about Star Wars, you're not clicking on articles about Star Wars shows. So he is still talking to us, yeah. the people, the really hardcore Star Wars community. It's like he doesn't understand his audience. He thinks that, hey, if my name's on something Star Wars, that means anyone, including non-Star Wars fans, is automatically going to tune in. It's just like, I don't know, man, you might, you might want to try to read the room a bit we we are very passionate and i don't know if you've looked at past shows or movies there's a wing of this fandom that is damn near extremist so you, you might just want to wait and see how yeah. the community at large receives things before you essentially tell us we're all <laughs> fucking stupid and you're yeah. the god of star wars and you're gonna show us how Star Wars should be delivered narratively. Dude, the, 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 the last time that we had something like this where there was just like buzz and buzz and buzz before a movie came out and people got contracts to make trilogies that still haven't happened yet was for, was for TLJ. Everybody yep. was like, oh my gosh, it's going to be amazing. And then it's like, Ryan, they already signed him for a new trilogy. Everybody was getting ready. And then... <laughs> The motherfucker comes yeah. out 
The community it sees blows, it. It explodes the whole Star Wars community forever Fractures and it. ever. Like I mean, it, it, it's no different than the Civil War in America. You will forever be able to go back in time and see when the Star Wars fandom completely split. And it's yeah. 2017, December. Yeah, I mean, it is... It's one of those things, dude, where like it you really need to ride a fine line when you do all the bullshit talking <laughs> that he's doing. And I'm telling you, I I will say this. I I do not think that it's going to be a bad movie No. Or I actually I, I actually I, I think don't. he I think some of his hyperbole is going to pay off. I really yeah. do. Like I actually think a lot of the shit he's selling is probably gonna pan out. It's yeah. just it's like, man, this guy just you're either really has a massive cock or <laughs> he is just the most arrogant narcissist on the planet. Dude, it, it, he's really sticking his neck. That's all I will say is he's really yeah, fucking. That's a good his point. I wasn't even thinking about it from from that angle. But that, yeah. yeah, that is another way to kind of kind of attack the Tony Gilroy approach to promoting his show. So <laughs> don't worry. He, he, he goes on. Um, uh, talking about how, you know, he never wanted to do it. You know, he, he always makes it clear, like he hates star Wars. I mean, he's like, yeah, I did rogue one. I I didn't want to touch it. Didn't want to do shit. They were sending me stuff and it was laughable. I hated it. They're losers. So here's his next few comments. I guess, uh, first we'll get into, um, how he wants it to be real and, and not the fantastical shit that people like about star Wars. So I wanted it to be about real people. They made all this IP about the royal family in essence. It's been great, but there's a billion, billion, billion other beings in the galaxy. There's plumbers and cosmeticians, journalists. What are their lives like? The revolution is affecting them just as much as anybody else. Why not use the Star Wars canon as a host organism for absolutely realistic, passionate, dramatic storytelling? That's not a bad line. I, I can I can kind of buy into yeah, that. All yeah. right, Tony, you're you're telling us you know you want to change things up, get away from the the uh, you know the Untouchables, the Skywalkers, if you will, the Palpatines. But you know, it, it's just again, it's they've made it. He can't even he can't even include himself in the Lucasfilm family anymore. It's just they've yeah, like those they, they those did, freaks, those freaks. George <laughs> Lucas and them made these other fucking movies and Star Wars projects. How <laughs> dare they not focus on the plumbers and the cosmeticians? Yeah, so, all of those other people. There you go. Everybody wants to know how the the PVC shortage is affecting exactly. the plumbing lines that are being run he, in the outer rim. You know what, Nick? He, he's writing. Andor for um what's his name Randall and Dante in in Clerks the fucking gas station or, or uh, convenience <laughs> store attendants so remember the, the big famous yes. thing from Clerks exactly. is their rant yeah. on the Death Star and how exactly. all these innocent people got taken out and yep. there you go that that's what that's who Tony Gilroy's making this movie for those those two fictional characters so. Yeah. <laughs> But you know, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, I do like you know. Let, let's let's bring in some of just the regular Joes. That's kind of what Rogue One was, anyway. So he's not really that far off. But it's just again, it's the way he says it. You just you have to smile. You have to smile. Um, here's a good one here on legacy characters. Uh-huh. This is a, a shot across the bow. Pretty much, John Favreau, Dave Filoni, Robert Rodriguez, anyone that's made Star Wars uh, recently. Um, never fan service. It's never cynical. It's always meant to be there. It's always protein. It's never icing. So, oh, you know, 
I don't know if that's just a flat out fuck you. I'm not even dealing with legacy. You guys don't deserve it. I mean, if you look up what what cynical is, he's essentially accusing any other director or showrunner of using Lego legacy characters of being uh, narcissistic and uh, you, you know, kind of kind of taking the easy way out. So he, he's he's here to let us know, like, hey, even if you're a fan. I'm not here for you. I'm here for Tony Gilroy and only Tony Gilroy. So either love it or leave it, motherfucker. But yeah, um, so within this same, it was a huge breakdown. And and I think I missed the one article that, or the one quote that Nick loved, but he he essentially said like, listen, when they sent me their rough draft, I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. He's like, it was so pathetic and lowbrow that I had to write, quote, my own manifesto on what Lucasfilm should do. And that's ultimately what they they're like, okay, yeah, if you come and do this, and then he decided to do it. But again, it's like, ew, what? Star Wars, fuck you. It's like until I until I put my stamp on it, it's bullshit. And this is the same tone he had with Rogue One. <laughs> I mean, you, you heard him talk about Rogue One. He oh, yeah. more or less would say Gareth Williams. I think that's his name. Gareth sucks. Edwards. Edwards yeah, yeah Gareth, Gareth Edwards sucks. Everyone who worked on this movie sucks. The writers sucked. I'm Tony Gilroy. I saved yeah. the day. But <laughs> I hated it. I'm here. I hated it, but I saved the day. I'm the best. If it weren't for me, this movie would have bombed. And he's doing the same shit here before it's even come out. I love him. I fucking love this guy. Yeah. All right, so... You know, the cast, too, has picked up on this uh, non-Star Wars approach to Andor. So Kyle Soler, who's playing Cyril Karn, you know, we talked about him last week. He's going to be like this low-level police guy that kind of gets a hard-on for Cassian early on and and is going to kind of be a thorn in his side throughout as he's trying to kind of angle his way into the ISB, maybe through the other new character we learned about, that Deidre. So here's what he says. He's like, it was completely different from what I expected these Star Wars scripts to look like. I had to flip back and look at the title. No, this is Star Wars. (laughs) I just felt like, wow, this is incredibly grown up, gritty, messy. At one point he adds, okay, this is the the, the, the people the article came from. Cyril comes home and spends some time with his mother, which is so un-Star Warsy. So again, think about that. A, a a person hired to work on Star Wars had to check his script to ensure that he was reading a Star <laughs> Wars script. Could be good, could be odd, could be bad. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, again, we, I mean, we can't make a judgment till we see it. In in a vacuum, it's hard to say if that's a good or a bad thing, especially <laughs> for a character that we. I mean, like we don't know how how often. Cyril is going to be featured in this show if like he's you know yeah do they give him the full script stuff like that yeah yeah. like is he like a second third lead is he is he like an ancillary character that we see like every other episode because if so you know if it's somebody that we're not spending a lot of time with and it would make sense that like okay well maybe you don't feel Star Wars maybe you feel like a different type of show because of what your character is doing but it fits into the larger context of star Wars when you take a, like a zoom out perspective from just that single character. But man, it does. It, it is kind of disconcerting to be like, man, I can't even tell this is star Wars. <laughs> I love it. You know, I absolutely love it. Love it. And, and Hey, by all means, we have fun with Tony. Like we're, we're not, you know, 
Uh, I mean, he earns some of some of the feedback we we give on this show. But uh, you know, I'm not a dope. I'm not one of these people that's gonna make my critique early. Who knows? I mean, this very well could be fantastic, and he could be 100% on point. We yeah. could walk away from Andor going, "Holy fuck!" I hope Tony Gilroy takes over Star Wars. He's better than Dave Filoni. I don't think that's going to happen. I think it's going to be more than serviceable, but he really is setting that bar extremely high at this point in yeah, time. It's, it's just such a, it's such a risk, man, to like say the things that you're saying before anybody has seen this show. Yeah. <laughs> now, I know some people uh, made it out to Rogue One this weekend. I think they got like a 10 minute preview of Andor. It's been scrubbed from the internet before I could check it out. Uh, so maybe maybe they could comment more. Not that you could really get much narratively in 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 ten minutes, um, but there there have been some people, and I, I do remember reading when it was still set for eight thirty one that a few review episodes had already went out. Uh, but clearly, they're probably under embargo now until yeah. uh, the the week of the twenty first. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh, but so. you know, like, like I said, we 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 like to play around. Uh, luckily he does have rogue one to support some of the narcissism and, and arrogance. So, uh, I mean, why we, why we poke holes in some of his statements, he, he does at least have something in the can that we can say confidently that most star Wars fans consider to be the greatest, uh, Disney star Wars property to date. And that that's rogue one. And, you know, his, his offerings to that revolved around the end in the Vader hallway scene. So, yeah, you know, he, he does know a little bit about what he's spewing. It's just, he seems more confident than ever. And as Nick's been saying, you know, sometimes that can bite you in the ass. Not that I think oh, Tony would ever let anything bite him in the ass. Uh, he would blame us. I'm telling you right now, mark my words. If there's any sort of backlash to this, he will blame us. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. 100%. It will not be his fault. It won't be his choices. It will be, the hardcore fans don't understand real life Star Wars. Just, just mark <laughs> my words. All right, so here's the last one from Gilroy. So he's doubling down on his uh, more adult take on Star Wars, which I'm not gonna fucking bitch about at all. I know George is always, it's for kids, it's for kids, it's for kids. Great. It can be for adults too, and and I'm all about a more adult oriented Star Wars. I mean, think about a a, a TVMA Vader series. It's all we need. I mean, yeah. we, we, we technically got it in Kenobi. I mean, uh, outside of him ripping heads from bodies, the shit he was doing was pretty dark. Uh, but what, here's what Gilroy says about how Andor is not for the intended Star Wars audience. I don't think it's a show for nine-year-olds, probably. We are an adventure story. We are a thriller. And in a really abundant way, we're creating a lot of IP. That's an interesting line. Some of it's ground level, products and TV shows, all kinds of things. They're all brand new. Nick, what is he saying? What does that even mean? We're creating a lot of... How can, how can Tony Gilroy create intellectual property using Lucasfilm Star Wars license? I, I, I don't understand that. Yeah, I, I think that he... like. I think that what he's trying to say is that he is establishing like this show will establish storylines that haven't been either discussed or even like hinted at before in Star Wars. Like he's okay. he's creating new storylines around new characters that may have like long lasting effects. That's what so, I take it as. 
but yeah, I agree. Like, how do you create new IP? Well, well, here's my my next question because he 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 comes he comes in after that saying some of it's ground level products and TV shows. Is he talking in universe? Like they've created a like a Star Wars TV show that might be playing on a a hollow something, or is he talking real life? Because real life, it really makes no sense. Because the Andor IP was established in Rogue One. Many of the characters have been established, and, and, and still, I don't know how creating a new character for Andor is his intellectual property. Now, if he's creating it for in-universe, I could see him using the term new IP. Yeah. In-universe you know I mean? TV like, show would make... Yeah, no, I, I'm thinking about it now, and like I'm trying to think of other instances, not within Star Wars necessarily, but like within other properties where there's something that is so prominent that it would be considered an IP inside of the property itself. All right, can so you, Bat, can you Bat think solved, of anything like that? I, I, I mean... Just, um, well, Nope. The movie Nope. Okay. Had I a, haven't seen it. But it had yeah. a TV show within a movie. And, and I would okay. say that Jordan Peele created a, a new intellectual property in this monkey TV show within the Nope universe to yeah. tell his story. So if that's what Tony's saying, I guess, okay, I guess that, that works a little bit. Um, but if he's if he's using it as like I'm creating new Star Wars intellectual property, I, I, I that, that doesn't, just doesn't make any seem sense. To make sense. <laughs> it doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Uh, so, but Bat Bat, it seems like Bat here in the live stream chat did see the uh, the the teaser, mm-hmm. and he's saying it was action packed, dramatic dialogue, had a Rogue One feel to it, felt Star Warsy. Um, the Imperial soldiers in blue, maybe that's new ip i guess but it's still not it's not his intellectual property but who cares yeah like brando saying in world game show like running man yeah i mean that, that's kind of what i was thinking maybe that's what he's saying but i don't know if that plays into a a gritty take on star wars like oh hey here's the here's the imperial fox news channel like <laughs> what are they saying today you know i i don't know that that almost seems like a parody of of yeah. our world, and I don't think Tony fucks with parody whatsoever. That just seems a little too uh, unserious for him, or, or not serious enough for him. So, there you go. There's your latest round of quotes from. Hopefully, one day, either Sir Tony Gilroy, Kingdom Weird, said he's going to phone up Liz and and ask for the commission, or <laughs> even better, I I say let's just make him fucking Lord Tony Gilroy. Make him the Duke of something, the, the Viceroy of something, or what is it, the Viscount? Who gives a shit? A Baron? I mean, give him ba- something. I, yeah. He, he deserves to become a Lord, I think. Fuck being a <laughs> Sir. Make this guy yeah. a part of the royal give, family. Give, give, give him a whole parcel of land. Give him, yeah. give him his own land. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he, he needs his little, his little fiefdom. To yeah. roll over there in the in the rolling hills of the UK, <laughs> so love him. Like I said, I, I mean, we have fun with it. He could be spot on. You know what? Yeah, yeah. I'll be the first one to tell him he was right, but we'll also be the first people to laugh at him if this thing all blows up and he ends up getting you know Ryan Johnson or Ro- uh, Robert Rodriguez or something like that <laughs> by the uh, the the more vocal nuttier side of the fandom. Yeah. Okay. We'll see. Good stuff there. I will say right, the Nick. one thing that 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 does intrigue me, and we move on right after this, is that like talk like this 
will get people who are casual Star Wars fans interested. Yeah. Be- because I mean, if he, they he probably it, knows what like, he's oh. doing. Yeah, like they'll they'll be like, oh well, you know this this guy says it's different. This guy says like he's he's changing the game and all this other shit. Blah 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 blah. And like I could see somebody who's like a casual fan of Star Wars finding interest in this because of what he says. I I agree, Nick. But like I said earlier on, do you seek out stuff that you're not a fan of to to read throughout your your internet browsing? I guess that's my point. Yeah, like, definitely is a not. casual <laughs> fan going to read an article about a guy that's making Star Wars if they don't care about Star Wars? So he he's still talking to us, so maybe he's uh, expecting us to word vomit out to the casual fans. I guess that's our job to be like, "Hey, this guy's saying this show is not for me, it's for you. So do you want to check it out? I don't know. I mean, you should almost do an experiment with Taylor and make him, make her sit down and watch these with watch you yeah. and see <laughs> if she has any more enjoyment than a Star Wars fan. <laughs> that would be a good little experiment to do at, at House Kim and Nita. Yeah. Okay. So, Nick, I, I, I kind of switched things around a little bit just to kind of stick with the Andor topic. So before we get into our... Sabine Wren story, live action Sabine Wren story. I figure it's a good time to just kind of do, you know, spend 10, 15 minutes on this week's special topic to fill a little time. We're sticking with Andor. Last week, we came up with our personal top five, you know, kind of events or things we want to see in Andor season one. So this week, sticking with the property, we uh, we're cooking up some uh, famous, infamous legacy character slash cameos that we would like to see. This isn't, we we're speculating that this is going to happen. This is just coming from uh, a, a place of fandom and, and possibly would make sense to be in the show. So Nick, I don't know. Uh, I kind of dropped that on you early. I don't know if you got any thoughts to go. Yeah. If you want to go first, I, I wrote a few down. So all right, go ahead. Who who, who would so, you like to see in Andor, even though uh, Lord Gilroy said fuck you to Lord legacy characters and cameos? Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so so my pick for a good cameo would be Akbar. Um, Damn, Akbar, good one. Akbar, it's like, you know, he's not one of the big mains. He's not one of like the the people that you would go out there and be like, oh, he's got to be in it. But like it it makes sense for him to be in it. He's, he's a high ranking member. At least when we, when we meet him, he's a high ranking member of the rebellion military, obviously an admiral. Um, Hey, I mean, maybe at this point he's not Admiral Akbar yet. He's like, you know, well, you're right Akbar. because, well, <laughs> well, think about it. Um, I can't remember if he's in rogue one, obviously the main Mon, Mon Calamari in rogue one is Radis. Yeah. I don't you know, think he Ro- is. Rogue. I mean, you, you can make the argument Without the events of Rogue One, Akbar may have never risen to the rank of in in the Rebel Alliance. He was kind of their Grand Admiral, if you will. Like he was the yeah. main yeah he was Admiral. He was big guy. Uh, mm-hmm. But before him, it was Admiral Raddus. I mean, he was the guy that essentially sacrificed his ship at the uh, above Scarif base to allow the transmission to come through. So, but yeah, you're right. So is he, is he fucking Captain Akbar? Is he, what's he doing? Is, is he Radice's right hand man? Cause I can't remember if Akbar cameos in Rogue One or not, or if he even shows up in Star Wars Rebels. I'm, I'm sadly drawing blanks today. I'm usually good at uh, vomiting up random Star Wars lore, but I can't remember if Akbar shows up in either one of those. Yeah, I, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think he may show up in, let me see, we're on the internet here. 
Um, nope, he wasn't in Rogue. All right. So yeah, why Admiral? And I don't Akbar think he was. I, I don't yeah, think he was in Admiral. Rebels either. So yeah, so yeah, I think that this is the 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 perfect time to bring him in because we already know that he plays a major part in in all of the battles that we see, all the space battles at least that we see. So so we know he's important, but um. And we've also not touched on him yet, so I think that that that's my first guy is is Akbar. Yeah, no, I I think that's a good call, and I think I saw him pop up a few times in our question of the week because yeah, uh, spoilers that that this is kind of the same topic we're we're sharing the topic this week, except Nick and I get way more time than just one comment. Exactly. All right, <laughs> so um, kind of sticking with the uh, Rebel fleet, I'm gonna go with June Sato who was the, I think he's only, he's either a commander or a captain of Phoenix Squadron when we meet him in season two of Rebels. Uh, He's in a lot of uh, episodes in season two and season three, and the only reason he doesn't show up in season four is because he sacrifices himself for uh, the Rebel cell that is on Lothal, which would include the Ghost crew, so on and so forth. So kind of like Akbar and maybe even more so, like we, we already know that June Sato was one of the early leaders of a rebel cell. So if Andor is exploring the formation of the Rebel Alliance by visiting rebel cells and collecting all these important people from around the galaxy to form the Rebel Alliance, I thought Sato would be a nice little tip of the hat to uh, what he did, his sacrifice in Rebels, and how important he was in in folding in some fan-favorite characters, a.k.a. the Ghost Crew. Yeah. Um... I, yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. There's such strong ties between Sato and everybody who's going to be involved in this show already. And then just like, that would be such an interesting character to see transition from animated to live action. And then it also sets up a lot of other potential, you know, we, we know that Tony hates it, but we potential legacy <laughs> characters... Making their way in in hey, season Nick, two. Nick, as so. long as it's a an, a, a non cynical cameo, he'll yeah, do it. It's he'll it's do those it. cynical, self serving ones that these other losers making Star Wars have used that he will not do. That's true. So, all right. So, so in terms of my my next one, playing with timelines here, I I don't necessarily know how old these people will be. But like, I would love to see Biggs and Wedge. I know that okay. Wedge is older than Biggs, so Wedge is more likely. And it seems like Biggs may be around the same age as Luke, which is why they were good friends and everything like that. So maybe Biggs is too young. But I still think seeing like a, a Wedge Antilles would be really yes. cool. Like and formation of the of the Republic, everything like that, or the Alliance. So. Well, I mean, Nick, I'll, I'll reveal I, too, had Wedge, so okay. we'll, we'll stick with him for a second, and I'm with you. But the interesting thing with Wedge, during this time period, he He's would just imperial. be— Yeah, he would either be just training to become an Imperial TIE fighter pilot, or— There you go, TIE fighter pilot, or he is already a TIE fighter pilot, and that's why I thought— because he does not defect until— I think it, it might be season three of Rebels. I can't forget, but it's a mission that Sabine leads to get him yeah, away get him from this. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I'm I, I'm with you, man. So it would be neat to see Wedge working with the Imperials and, and, and possibly questioning his work with the Imperials. Now, 
knowing Tony, it ain't going to happen. He's not going to focus on a guy like this. Would he throw like just a casual wedge and tillies to docking bay 94 shit like that? Maybe probably not because that maybe is too cynical for him. But (laughs) I I was with you, man. Wedge was definitely one of my picks as well because of him being with the Empire, but also him realizing down the road that, hey, I made the bad choice. I need to switch over to good guys. And he ultimately becomes one of the biggest rebel heroes in the Alliance. Exactly. So hit us with your next one. All right. So. I'm sticking with the animated universe, and I don't know if people will fully remember this name, but this guy is is pretty deep and I think has purpose in Andor, and this is Wolf Yularen. So if you don't remember who Wolf Yularen is, this was the um, captain that uh, General Skywalker worked with during the Clone Wars. He then moved into the uh, Imperial Navy when the Empire took over. But more importantly, and why I think he could play a role in Andor, is he eventually gets uh, mixed up in, in, I don't know if he leads the ISB, but he becomes a high-ranking uh, officer in the ISB and is stationed on the Death Star. In fact, he is the the uh, white-haired guy in the white Krennic suit in A New Hope during the Death Star conversation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the fact that this guy has ties all the way back to the Republic, stayed with the Empire, and then moves into the ISB to root out rebel spies. He was in Star Wars Rebels. He's in A New Hope. ISB, Andor. We know ISB is going to play a prominent role in Andor. I believe Uh, he's also featured heavily in the Thrawn novels, like the the first trilogy of Thrawn novels. Yeah, yeah, that that makes sense because he actually works with Thrawn in Rebels to root Mm -hmm. out Fulcrum, who they eventually find through Thrawn is Callus. Yeah. Uh, The second coming of Fulcrum after, you know, Soka just joins the Rebels. So, yeah. So, Wolf Yularen, look him up if you're not familiar, but uh, he's got deep ties to... The Skywalker saga itself, but also the Empire's ISB, yeah. which is a main focus in, you know, Rogue One Andor. Yeah. So you you actually mentioned my next one, which was Callus from Rebels. And I, I think we talked about him a little bit last week, but just knowing how important he was to the Imperial structure when it came to hunting Rebel cells and everything like that. And knowing that that is likely going to be at least featured in the late, perhaps the later parts of season one and definitely into season two, I think that it would be, I think that it would actually be hard to make this show without him in some role at some point. Yeah, because I I mean, it's been a minute since I've watched all of Rebels. Ultimately, you know, um, Callus ends up with the Rebel Alliance. But for the first season or two, he is kind of the main antagonist once the Inquisitors are dealt with. But, you know, Inquisitors, they're supposed to deal with Jedi. Callus was specifically dealing with Rebel cells, Mm -hmm. uh, I think, on, on Lothal. Uh, I, I still don't remember when he makes his switch. I, I I don't know if they if there's an episode dedicated or you know if they just they 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 gave us that twist later on in Star Wars Rebels because he he really is a thorn in the side of the Ghost Crew. Uh, maybe it's after him and Zeb get marooned and they kind of share some stories and understand yeah, that they're. That's what they're, I was going to say. Okay, I, I I believe it's shortly after that is that right. he is when he makes his his official transition over. Well, not official, but you know he he takes over the fulcrum. Name. But but it's it's never 
something where he stands up and says, I'm joining the rebel no. Alliance, right? Like, okay. No, no, no. It, it's more yeah. behind the scenes and we slowly mm-hmm. learn as, as like Thrawn learns and all that. Right. It's, I, I think. Yes. Yeah. Cause okay. he's, cause like, you know, that there is, it's basically like, well, who is ramp or not rampart, but who is fulcrum now? Like after we know yeah. that it's not Ahsoka, there is still a contact that is using the code name fulcrum, but you don't know who it is. So you're sitting there and you're guessing the whole time and you're like, well, who right. is it? Who is it? And then you find out it's Callus. He's the mole inside of the Imperial Navy and everything like that. So inside the ISB. So like then you're like, oh, shit, like he he's the guy and you never you, you didn't really see it coming. So, um, OK. And, yeah. and honestly, it kind of ties into you, because you, considered Callus one of his greatest pupils. Mm-hmm. And that's why when Thrawn's like, yo, dude, Callus is a fucking spy, Wolf's like, no, there's no chance. And that you know, ultimately, that's I think that's how Callus is able to escape, probably with the help of the uh, uh, ghost crew. So, yeah. all right. So my next one is going to be kind of a combo. It's it's just going to be the Tantive Four crew as like not even the whole crew, just, you know, Captain so like Antilles. Antilles, right. 3PO and R2. Like I, right. I like even if we only see them for like a scene or even if it is only just like you know, hey, we're we're shooting off a transmission to the Tantive Four to give them a mission to well, I do mean, something. dude, at this point they they could just be ferrying Bail Organa to the Senate, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. I know he was Captain Antilles, but he's he was essentially Bale's glorified Uber driver, if you think about it. I mean, <laughs> Antilles is a guy in rots that's driving him back and forth yeah, from picking pr- up random Jedi and dropping him, you know, back off at the Jedi Temple. So, yeah, yeah I, I could I could get down with that. I mean, he, yeah. I'll never forget Captain Antilles because he's the first guy that Vader brutally murders in Star Wars. I mean, he, yeah picks him up and essentially doesn't even force choke him, just does the old manual neck snaps. So yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Like, and then you, like you just get a shot of his boots on the ground. Like for some reason, as a little kid, that, that scene always stuck with me. All right. I, I kind of have a, a triple threat as well. Okay. Um, similar to yours. And I, I know two of them were at least assigned to the same star destroyer. So it kind of plays into your thinking, but I'm going with Admiral Ozel, Captain Piet and um constantine so we all know who Mm -hmm. ozzel and piet are yeah uh ozzel's the guy that vader murders in empire strikes back and piet's the guy he promotes yep uh but i just you know they're they're such famous uh imperial naval officers yeah that it would be nice to see what they're up to at this point in time you got to figure ozzel's still the admiral you know piet hasn't reached that yet because he gets a battlefield commission from vader and the reason i brought up constantine because he is the main uh, i i think he is an admiral he is the main admiral for the first few seasons of star wars rebels that's fucking with the rebel alliance and I believe the reason he doesn't make it to season four is the same as June Sato. I think June Sato's sacrifice was to take out Constantine's destroyer. Um, so again, all, all are kind of related to fighting with rebels. You know what I mean? So yeah. that, that's kind of why I lumped these guys in here. Yeah, definitely a good call. Um, it's just, you, you, you never forget that scene in Empire where he fucking promotes Piet and Piet's standing there like, oh. It's like, oh, shit. why yeah. me? Like, okay. <laughs> like, there's nobody yes. else? <laughs> yes, yes, Lord Vader. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Ozzel's the best. Like, Ozzel thinks he knows more than Vader. He, he, uh, he comes out of hyperspace early. Vader had to get, you know, woken from his meditation time. Uh, and he just looks at the screen 
He's and he's like, hey, dickhead. <laughs> hey, dickhead, why did you um, come out of hyperspace too early? He's like, well, you know, I went blah, blah, And he's like, blah! Like, he doesn't even, he doesn't even, risk, he doesn't even lift, yeah. lift his arm up. He just sits there and he starts going, like, he just starts dying right there. And as yeah. soon as his body hits the floor, uh, he starts talking to Piet. And then at the end, he's like, right, Admiral Piet? And he's like, you got it, dude. Okay. Thank you, but no thanks for that Battlefield Commission, because now I know I'm the next one to get choked out. Yep. yep. Um, that is, I mean, that's the best part of Empire. Motherfucker just, is, he's choking out his officers left and right. Like the one yeah. guy, when he's like, well, I guess I got to go tell him that we lost the Falcon. And without even hearing him tell it, all we see is his body hit the floor as Vader is talking to the next uh, yeah. officer in his Navy. So that's why I love the guy. Uh, all right. So you got another one? But yeah, my, my final one. And this isn't too, like, we've been pretty, like, I would say so far we haven't had, like, too big of characters in here. You could argue that Wedge is a, is a major character. But um, this will be the closest one to, like, a major character and I think it's Galen Urso, um, because one, we know that Galen was already work, had already worked with Krennic prior to when we see Krennic reapproaching him in Rogue One. He had already Correct. worked like within the Imperial superstructure as uh, a, a scientist or whatever his, his particular like designation was. So maybe seeing him during his time actually choosing to work for the Empire, not being reconscripted back by by Krennic like see what he was doing see like the 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 work that he had already put into Project Stardust and the Death Star think, plans and stuff like that so I'm with you but I think timeline wise he would be on the farm at this point so he's no, already done no he would be, he would be back at that secret base that they uh, the rebels attack in Rogue One okay yeah 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 because because so, he's on the farm when Jin's like 10 years old so yeah, when, when Jen's like a kid kid. Yeah. So we would be seeing Galen when he's in like his green science outfit at that secret facility. I, I forget yeah. what planet that was on. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, either way, it, it, he's still a, a big player at this time. I and mean, he, he's essentially we, we could see him fucking the Death Star like he could yeah. be building in the the fails or not the fail safe, the fails that he wants, uh, you know, Jin to find in Project Stardust. So yeah, and yeah, we, totally. we already know that we're going to get scenes of these sci of like scientists working on a project. Yeah, that, like that's one of the rumors. Like one of the prisons, or, or um, Cassian's going to have to break into a prison, and it's like a labor camp. And the rumor yeah. is, it, it, it's the laborers are a bunch of engineers and scientists that are being forced to work on a big project for the Empire. And I think I said this last week, it, it, someone, you know, they zoomed in on a trailer screen. They're like, I think those are lightsaber hilts. Oh, yes. Put, yeah, we did. If talk you put about two that. and two together, if you're working on an assembly line and you're trying to build a big ass death laser, you need as much kyber crystal as you can get. So why not take all those lightsabers from all those murdered Jedi? So who knows? Okay, but okay. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I Galen for sure. All right. So here's. My last one, and I, I like to think of this one as a deep cut. I actually have two names here. I might throw the other one in as I'm spitting this one out, but I'm going to go yeah. with, drum roll, please, Crix Maydean. Oh, wow. You got one of the... Uh, Crix the Maydean. All right. So for some reason, as a little kid, 
whenever uh, General May Dean is introduced in Return of the Jedi, it just always stuck with me. It's the way they they introduce him, like General May Dean. You know, it's, yeah. there's like some pomp and circumstance behind it. And even though he only has one, like a, a line or two in Return of the Jedi, I actually went back and looked, uh, you know, into this character. And just like Wedge, Nick, he was former Imperial. Yep, Crix yeah. Maydeen was was kind of high up in the uh, Imperial officer thing, and he was actually good at training like uh, commando type of battalions that would go in and fuck shit up. And yeah. if you read more about it, I mean, the whole reason. He was kind of given that speech in Return of the Jedi. He put the battle plan together for the attack on Endor. Uh, that that yep. was his type. That that's kind of his specialty. So I think Crix Dean at this point in time is, is this when he's getting ready to defect? That's... Is is he still in the Empire? Kind of questioning his life. So that's why I'm like, you know, I I think out of everyone we talked about. This is someone I think Gilroy could get behind and not feel like he was doing himself a disservice yeah. and going against his edicts of, you know, no, late legacy characters and, <laughs> and cynical cameos. So, yeah, yeah. Crix Maydeen, and then just real quick, I had Yin Num in there too. Why not? He makes it all yeah. the way to sequel trilogy. <laughs> why not? Why not give him some love here uh, again during the OT timeline? All right. 100%. I think that we get we hit a good swath of, of I potentials so. here. And yeah. I think that if Tony was on this podcast, he would say, you know what, guys? Those are good legacy characters that aren't popular enough for me to be angry at. Yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> I, I still don't think he'd give them to us because that would no. still be a sliver of fan service. And we know yeah. he, he doesn't do that. But he doesn't I do don't it. think he would smack us on the head and call us hacks like he essentially did to the Lucasfilm people that sent him a, a rough draft of what they thought the Andor series should be. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love him. All right. Oh, so man. moving on from Andor. That's all, I like special topics. We need to do these yeah. more often. All right. So. Let's get into more live-action Star Wars. And something that I, I, quite frankly, Nick, when I first saw it, I was a bit shocked that this was allowed to make it out into the social media-verse. Um, I, I know a bunch of fans sent me to this. I think uh, Black Series Clips was one of the first people. And when I saw it, I was like, you know what? I probably should cover this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just let the super geeks chew on this for a bit to where they can parse all the important shit out and then I'll cover it. And what I'm talking about is, I think it was last Friday, the lovely Natasha Lou Bordizzo is currently starring in Day Shift on Netflix with Jamie Foxx. But for us, she is our live action Sabine for the Ahsoka series and more than likely Mando season three. Nick, that was a big is she is like, of course, she's going to be a Mando season yes. three. Why wouldn't she be? I mean, <laughs> if it's all about the gathering of Mandalorians to try and do something with their planet, Sabine, not having Sabine Wren would be a folly. Yeah. And mean, it, a, a former it, holder of the Darksaber. You're not. Yeah, I mean, come on. Show. And, like, come on. you know, for these casual fans that apparently everyone wants to please these days, because fuck us, Star Wars, hardcore people that buy all the shit and pay for the monthly fees. But hey, we're, you know, we're weirdos. Uh, it would be a good way to introduce her before her more major role in Ahsoka. So, yeah. Yes. Sabine's going to be a Mandalorian season three. I mean, I'm not even going to sit here and pound my chest and be all proud of that speculate. I mean, that, that's a no brainer. Uh, Lewis Berry. Hey, we got a new one in here. Welcome. Hope K2SO in the post credit scene of the finale setting him up to team up with Andrew in season two. Yeah, yeah. I I, I'm with, with you. I, I don't know if he's going to get a post credit stinger, but Nick and I have said this many times. 
especially with the way season two is going to be structured where every three episodes you're going to cover a year. Uh, I think for sure we're going to get a full-on three-episode arc of Andor and the K2 meetup, reprogramming, friendship, so on and so forth. So, yes. Anyways, back to this story. So, Nick, Natasha Lou Bordizzo, we know she's live-action Sabine. We know they're, they've been shooting it since the beginning of the summer, and it was her 28th birthday last week. And she shared, I think, in Instagram stories, a, a crew gift that she was given. And it's a, if you're on the live stream, we've got it pulled up for you, but it, it's a huge poster, you know, kind of gradients from purple down to pink down to the, the uh, Sabine Mandalorian helmet that we're going to see in the Ahsoka show and probably Mandalorian season three. And on it, you can see pretty much the entire fucking cast and crew signed it. Yeah. So going back to my initial point, I'm surprised that this was cleared and <laughs> or wasn't immediately pulled down because outside of Rosario Dawson and Natasha Lou Bordizzo, and, I, and I've heard apparently Ivana San, uh, Seiko Sanko has confirmed yeah. her, her inclusion on social media. But yeah. outside of like those three people, no one's been <laughs> officially announced for Ahsoka. So to release a poster with, yeah, yeah, of course, there's going to be sound guys on there. Who knows? The key grip, fucking interns. But there's definitely cast members on this poster. So like I was saying, Nick, when I was first sent this, I was like, you know what? I probably could turn this into something, get some eyes on Star Wars time. But I don't have it in me today to go through this thing, zoom in on the poster and look at every fucking signature and start speculating on the names here. So I waited a few days and sure shit. The Star Wars leaks Reddit community busted out their their uh, you know their, their, their the, the nerds and they went through this whole fucking thing and identified some names of interest. So let, let's go through some of those names. Yeah, I mean, really, first and foremost, one of the best things here is Dave Filoni's drawing. I mean, he's, he's yeah, I was showing say, us that is incredible. <laughs> yeah, he he's showing us this is what Sabine's gonna look like in live action. I mean, so yeah. there you go. You're you're getting official concept art. So that right there is good enough. What I want to know, Nick, does he sign a 22 on his signature, like dating Man, his signature? It does look like it. Doesn't yeah, it? at right, the very right. end, the two two. Yeah. Not not that that's important, but so uh, uh, the first thing is yeah. just getting the portrait. You know, hey, there we go. We're we're, we're kind of seeing what live action Sabine's gonna look like. But now on to the names. And again, credit goes to Reddit. I didn't fucking do this. All right. I'm, I'm like, I, the only name I saw were the obvious ones. I saw Ivana's. And like I said, apparently she's outed herself. So that's not even that official. But some of the names that showed up. Dave Filoni. Okay. Rosario. <laughs> Ivana, who we've been talking about for months. That's official now. All right. Yep. She probably is really playing a Merc who may be named Astrid. That's got to make a big choice. All right. We, I remember we, we even had like a, a, a long discussion on this. Like, what could the choice be? Is it working with the nefarious types or is it maybe crossing over to help? There was a Mary on the poster. Now, Nick and I have told you all that Mary Elizabeth Winstead, the honey of Ewan McGregor, had been rumored to be cast in the series and might be playing live action Hera. But it was just signed Mary, so... It's really hard to tell. There's a lot of people right. named Mary in the world. Exactly. So I mean, you got to remember, there's more than just the cast signed this poster. I mean, pretty much anyone that was probably there that day yeah. tattooed I it. I mean, you can see on some of them, like, 
it's a this Carl VFX, you know, like yeah, you had right. people from all over that, that sign in their like departments where they are. Yeah. yeah. Okay. There's a Ray who could be Ray Stevenson, who we also have discussed on the show has been rumored to be attached to Ahsoka playing an admiral not named Thrawn. So that's probably more than likely legit now. Uh, in fact, I just saw Ray in RRR, the movie I tried to convince Nick to at least watch the trailer for last week. Ray kind of plays the bad British uh, overlord that's messing with all the Indian people. Brendan Wayne's on the poster. You know, if you're in the know, you know who that is. That is the main uh, kind of walking acting double for Pedro Pascal and the Din Djarin armor. So does this mean Din is in Ahsoka or is Brendan Wayne playing another suited character? Knowing how all these things are now interconnected and how John and Dave have pretty much said like, yeah, this the, the Mandoverse is a thing. I, I'd say there's a good chance Din is going to make an appearance in Ahsoka. Just, it just makes too much sense. Vanessa, all right? There's Vanessa Marshall from Star Wars. She is the voice actress of Hera in yeah. all in all Star Wars animation. That's uh, Rebels, Bad Batch, and the video games. So, I mean, she pretty much is animated Hera. Yep. Uh, but is it really Vanessa Marshall? Uh, if it is, is she really playing Hera if Mary Elizabeth Winstead truly is? Or is it just a random fucking Vanessa that signed it? Could be so. another Vanessa, for sure. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? Uh, this other one is is of note to me because early summer, there was a rumor that a an actress known as Shakira Barrera was rumored to be in Ahsoka. And sure shit, there was a Shakira signature. Uh, this is the actress I was like, you know, I mean, just based on her uh, Latin appearance, would make a great case for the uh, Martez sisters. Two characters yeah. that are very close to Ahsoka have been tied to her since the Clone Wars. We know they're, they, they, they get caught up in the early uh, resistance movements after the fall of the Republic. So here we go. RJ. Th this one, I'm like, people are on drugs. They're like, Ryan Johnson. It's like, Ryan Johnson ain't coming back to direct an episode of Ahsoka. All right? Yeah. Highly nor, nor would, I don't even think Lucasfilm would, would ask for that. Uh, and then some said R.J. Mitty, you know, the guy from Breaking Bad that played uh, Walt Jr. Okay. Or it could just be an R.J., all right? Yeah, it could just be somebody else. <laughs> uh, I, I left off a lot. I mean, they're, they're like, oh, look. Did you notice that there is one section of this poster that's blurred where you right. can't, like, inten almost intentionally blurred? Okay, nope. I, I, it's that was right. Where, that was right where I'm going, okay? So... Okay. I did not include some of the names that were more speculative, and Nick just hit on it. So I have the poster pulled up now on the live stream. If you look over bottom left, right, Nick, where it gets yeah, a little Alex, blurry? It looks like it's Alex Perone is the name right. or something. Like, see, maybe it's like, I think it's Alex Perone, or it could be so, Alex Perone. <laughs> all right, so you've actually caught on to something that was making movements on Reddit. Yeah, it, but I didn't include it because, again, it, it's not there. But since you picked up on it, let, let's run with the conspiracy theory here. So what Nick's talking about, there's a portion of this poster. It says, happy birthday, Natasha. The force is strong with you. And there's a smiley face in XO and then no signature because it's, it's essentially someone used a removal tool in Photoshop yep. and just glossed it over. Many people, Nick, mm -hmm. have compared the writing to other... Uh, writing from one Mark Hamill. 
I mean, it would have, not surprise me. And have some have speculated like maybe it's Mark and that's why they, they wiped the name because that, that would be a huge reveal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it also, you can also see that like it kind of like the, the, the clean tool kind of goes into the writing under it. And it, you can almost see Mando at the very end of that. Like it's whatever the first word is and then it's M-A-N-D. And then it almost looks like there's an O in there. But yeah, I mean, it could be Hamill. I mean, Hamill would make perfect sense. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, again, I didn't include him in the in the list, but th- there was a lot of people going like, hey, it looks pretty damn close. And it's kind of weird how it's smudged out. And you're not lying. And the fact that you picked it up looking at this for the first time kind of leads a little credence to those conspiracy theories. So yeah, I mean, it's um, possible for sure. It's a good chance. And why not? I mean, it, it is Dave Filoni, so I think he yeah. would approach this level of fan service. But if Mark is in there, I mean, is it Mark talking to Ahsoka? Or are we going to get the fucking Ahsoka, Luke, and Ghost Anakin fucking hanging out? Maybe. Is, is that mean, too... Nick, is that too much fan service? Too much fan service. Tony would never. But uh, Well, of course. I mean, I mean I, yeah, I, if Tony <laughs> Gilroy was making this, I'd be like, these people are fucking crazy. But we're talking about yeah. Dave Filoni... Who, who was going out on record saying, this is everything I want it to be. It's awesome. It's perfect. I mean, he's definitely Could this in. be it? Okay. He's definitely. I, take it to the bank. But, um, yeah, I mean, right. I, I, so I will say that it's not surprising that Lucasfilm didn't pull this back because the level of insanity you have to have to do what the people on Reddit did is, like, next level. And it's like, impressive. No, yeah, like, no normal person is actually going to give enough of a fuck about this to be like, I have to zoom in, enhance, 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 and just look at every fucking name. Like- yeah, I mean, that dude, that's that's the inner <laughs> monologue I had with myself on Friday. I was like, I know this will get pops. Like, I know it'll get traction just because, you know, that's what Star Wars fans do. But yeah. I'm not going to zoom in pan zoom in pan it's like no yeah, it's like okay it's too I, got, much. I got shit to do like sit around yeah. and bitch about my broken legs so. and like they were like do you uh. do you really think that that like that lucasfilm or whoever like the, the show you think dave filoni is gonna tell natasha like hey look awesome gift do not post it on instagram because somebody may read all of the names right. like yeah i don't hey you, you never know you, you yeah. never know man i mean there are some sleuths out there that can dig shit up and stuff that you would never think they could dig stuff up so yeah uh and then uh, there was an event that i left off because they're like oh she's probably a sound mixer and then the last one that could have some meaning is rick who could very well be uh famuia or famuiwa yeah. Who has uh, directed some uh, Mando episodes, some some pretty good yeah. ones, too. So uh, but he has not been reported to be to be working on it. So who knows? So there you go. I mean, like I said, it's uh, good for Natasha. I wish I was Natasha. I mean, I'd love to be getting a cast and crew gift from a Star Wars project. I mean, who wouldn't? Uh, especially if you get the uh the, the the supposed savior of star wars to give you a personalized portrait of the character you're playing in star wars i mean come Thanks. on what a yeah, life that, these, these people live man what a life these people live trevor one six shooter is telling us he fully expects luke to be in it i mean he was in oh. boba fett so so why not dude if so, you're yeah, gonna I, put him in boba fett then it's just like right you can't not put him in ahsoka like he's gotta be there <laughs> especially yeah, after those two have already met 
Yeah, I mean, in the end, though, we all have to remember it's the same damn universe. We we are watching the Star Wars MCU. It's just on a little bit smaller scale. I mean, they they could very well start calling these shows The Mandalorian, Ahsoka, The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, The Mandalorian, Luke Skywalker. I mean, that that's that's what it is, and I'm all for it. I'm not bitching about Luke being in Ahsoka. Uh, clearly, the two have talked prior to seeing them in the book of Boba Fett. So there is a relationship there, but you know, what, what do they talk about? I would love to see what these two have talked about or are going to talk about, but I do think like the, I'm talking over 9,000 type of fan service would be a fireside chat between Ahsoka, Luke, and then the old man shows up. Or maybe yeah. the old man's not even involved, but us as fans, we we kind of see him just appreciating what he is watching with his son and his former pupil. Even that would be like, woohoo, woohoo! It's time to cry, motherfuckers! It is time <laughs> to cry. Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm excited for Ahsoka. That that's definitely high on my list. Even if Dave doesn't come out and tell us how great he is. And how he's better than everyone else. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm still excited for it. Still still looking forward to it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, my bad batch fans. Last week, y- you might have felt like jumping off a bridge. This week, hopefully, you didn't, because it seems the interns or someone over at Disney Plus is is kind of fucking around with Bad Batch season two, and when it is actually going to release on the platform. So last week we're telling you it wasn't on the schedule. It was removed, scrubbed, the fix was in. And now this week we're telling you that was all bullshit. All right. And I've actually, I actually dove into this a bit more and did some investigations. And I think at this point in time, Nick, we, we can tell everyone to take it to the bank. The Bad Batch season two, Clone Force 99 returns on September 28th, just like we told you at the start of the summer. Yeah. Um, uh, the reason I know this is legit, I went to the official, here we go, the official listing out on the Disney plus Australian site, which is now giving me a 404. So it probably Uh-oh. was another mistake. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> Where is it with Bad Batch season two, man? Like what's going on here? It was just no. there. It was just there. Now they deleted the page. Dude, you know what it probably you was? You gotta be kidding me. They, they probably had that set to auto-publish on the 28th, like a month out from when it was supposed to release. Ah! And then they were like, oh shit, man, like we forgot that we canceled Bad Batch Season 2. It's not happening ever. Oh, Never dude, you gotta out. be kidding me. <laughs> Look at this. It's gone. Look at this. The In proof is time. gone. All right, well, don't worry. I had backup evidence. I had you, backup evidence. You took evidence. the screenshot. You took the I screenshot. I did. So. <laughs> All right. So I, I can tell you that official listing was working as of yesterday and it showed Bad Batch season two dated for September 28th. So I went as far as to actually logging in my Disney plus and sure as shit, as you can see, if you're on the live stream or you go to starwarstime.net and check out our article, you can see it. The Bad Batch new season coming soon to Disney plus in yellow yeah. that they, they don't just fucking randomly slap that on their series if it isn't really coming soon. So now I feel like I need to log back into Disney plus and see if they've like fucking wiped that away. Remove it. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, hold on. I I can, I think I have it saved in Chrome. I probably could get in there real quick while while we're doing a little vamp in here, but you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) They, 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 They scrubbed that whole fucking page. 
They it was they, the, it was their whole schedule, Nick. It, it wasn't just like Bad Batch. It was literally the whole September uh, schedule. They just they just cleaned it out. They're like these wow. fucking Australians always screw shit up. <laughs> that is fantastic. All right, hold on. I'm almost there. I'm trying to pull up Bad Batch. All right, got it. Click on the graphic. Nope, new season coming soon to Disney Plus is still in app. Okay, still, so it is still, still in still app. Okay, so don't hate us. Uh, I'm just trying to tell you the truth. In fact, if I felt like pulling up Star Wars Reddit leaks, someone there actually initiated a support call with Disney Plus, and the agent did confirm that it was coming September 28th. And if this was a fake, <laughs> this guy is even crazier than the guy that spent his weekend parsing through the Sabine Wren poster because yeah. it, it's one of the best like you, you know online chat systems I've ever seen. <laughs> so... I don't know. I, I'm sticking with it. I, I really do. Whatever fuckery is going on with the interns at Disney Plus, I do think Bad Batch is coming September 28th, and it will run concurrently with Andor for a, a, a good, you know, probably until the end of, of 2022. Yeah. Um, so at this point, Nick, if that is happening, which all signs are pointing to yes, it, it's seeming like Tales of the Jedi may be like the December into... Uh, like the Mandalorian type of run or what, what yeah. do you think? See, Tales okay. of the Jedi is hard because the last one, the last um, anthology series they had was Visions and that all dropped at once. So right. I don't know if they're oh, going to yeah, do the same right. thing. That's right. So yeah, they may, so, hmm, yeah, it's hard to tell. But I, I still, I, I still don't see them having three things at once, but what, what the fuck do we know? Um, yeah. So that's why I'm thinking Tales of the Jedi like Nick said, if, if they keep it following the Visions model for anthology type of animated series, I, yeah, maybe in December we get like a, a gift, like a here's yeah, your like here's your tales ho- of the holiday holiday. Okay. Like here you All go, right. full drop. That makes sense because I I do feel like they're gonna have something, or yeah. I thought they were gonna have something kind of leading us into February, but it, maybe we'll we'll just have to sit around like we've done after Kenobi. All January, good part of February, twiddling our thumbs and rotating on them, waiting for the Mandalorian season three. All right. Well, one six you're saying, uh, how about little Obi Wan Ghost in Ahsoka? I don't know. I I don't. No, hmm. I don't. I don't see Obi Wan Ghost in Ahsoka. I know they were all buddies in in the Clone Wars, but Obi Wan was always kind of like the the grandfather or the dad dad. Where Anakin like and her he, were like the brother and sister. You yeah, know? like, and he was always kind of like, not really scolding Anakin for the way that he trained Ahsoka, but he was never like, you're doing a great job. Correct. <laughs> he was always like, you're, 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 you're doing something. You're definitely training her. Is it the right way? Probably not. Now, if <laughs> Trevor is, is kind of pining for, and I, I'm, I'm with him, an interaction between like Ghost Obi, Ghost Anakin, and Flesh Luke. Yeah, I would. I'm down for that. I don't think it makes sense for Ahsoka. I think it would make sense for like a Vader series, where you know, kind of following Nick's way of delivering the narrative, where maybe we're we're getting the series told from us from Ghost Anakin, where he remembers some of his nightmares as Vader, but we also get kind of the the reborn back to the light Anakin and and kind of uh, what, what he's thinking as a as a force ghost about uh, what his his kids have done and and really what all that you know what transpired due to his turn to the dark side 
Um, I, I don't know. I, Ghost Obi, Ghost Anakin, and Luke, it just seems like a little too much for an Ahsoka series. Like, Obi-Wan doesn't quite feel like he would fit that. Where yeah. Hayden, I'm sorry, Anakin clearly does. And thanks mm-hmm. to Book of Boba Fett, so does Luke. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't know if they would. Yeah, I don't know if if Filoni would go that far into the bag. Of that tricks. that would be that would probably be approaching Tony Gilroy's cynical legacy yeah. character cameo <laughs> issue for sure. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So who who the fuck knows at this point? I, I was like, oh, hey, we're gonna look at the official site, and it's hilarious. It literally is four oh four out. They they nuke the entire page. It doesn't matter. No information on that page matters anymore. But I'm sticking with it. All right, let's get in the rumorville here. Yes. And and please, th- this one is massive grain of salt, wild rumor. I don't even think I would have covered it if I didn't have last Friday off and just needed some time to kill. But in the end, I like the rumor. But the reason why I think it is bullshit is because it, it's almost too fan canon, if you the, will. The, the timeline is way too accelerated for some of these, too. Like, it's, it's very fan canon, so... yeah. I'll just go to the bullet points here. This showed up on Reddit leaks from this guy, Lucky Wookie too. He he wiped it out. Like he, he really, if this is a fake, I'll give the guy credit. He really kind of made it seem like, hey, this is, I'm going to get fired. If this is posted too long, I'm going to post it. You guys screen cap and then I'm going to delete it. Uh, but like I said, um, I don't know. It's almost too good to be true type of stuff. So it, here's what this rumor is saying. And, and a lot of this stuff is, is coming up soon, which I think is what Nick is saying. Like, it seems a little too, a little too fast moving. Uh, so book of Boba Fett season two production will start at the end of this year. Okay. So that, that's kind of the first, first yeah. hit Kenobi season two. It's happening, and it's going to shoot summer of 23. All right, so those are two big kind of just blah. Let's, let's see here. Uh, I, I, do, I do ultimately think both of these shows probably will get another nod, uh, yeah. maybe even more so on the Book of Boba Fett because it is a part of the Mandoverse, and they can just always say, hey, we're, we're just telling more stories set in this timeline to keep building towards the end game. Um, Kenobi... I honestly also, I, I, I think Kathleen Kennedy said enough things over the summer that made it sound like, hey, if the money, if, if, if we can make money and we're not going to get crucified, we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it's a safe bet that there will be a season two given I, I the think reception. So. I, I think so. I, and and I, 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 I agree with this leaker here, this pooflinger that uh, Chow and Harold will not be involved because they were really the only ones when asked about doing more Kenobi that were like, nah, they were like, yeah, I kind of think this story takes care of yeah. it. And then the Stuart bait, like the, 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 the part that I'm not for here or don't really buy is that Beatty is, is going to be back for season two because Beatty wasn't in season one. Like he no, wrote no, no. a film. Nick- yeah, well, well, he's the guy. Yeah, you know, I mean, he's the guy that. Yeah. But he, you remember some of these interviews he gave. He's like, I, I scripted out a trilogy, so he's yes, the one that exactly. had ideas. And he actually said, like, listen, if they do do a season two, I think it should focus on Obi Wan coming to grips with his fate. So yeah, I'm kind of coming opposite of you. I actually thought like, yeah, you know, but. It, to me, it's also, this is a lot of fan wants. Like, they yes. probably read the same shit we did, and they could just be saying, like, yeah, yeah. I want I want what Beatty was saying. Like, I want to see 
Obi-Wan, you know, struggling with his training with Qui-Gon to, to understand like what I have to die. Like yeah. I have to die to have this plan work out. And I think that would be an interesting story. That, um, so that's the reason why I don't buy that. He's going to actually be the writer because like, just cause it's he, too coincidental. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. it's, it's too coincidental. We already, well, one, we already knew that they used some of his stuff from, from the first movie in, in the first season. Correct. So, in my opinion, they're probably not going to bring him on as a writer because they could just do the same. Like they already own his scripts. <laughs> right, they just take it like, all anyway. Like, what, what, what do they? What does he have to offer now? It's like, yeah. all right, well, you you've already written us three movies that we own. So like, why don't? Why would we hire you in a writing role for season two when we have all of your ideas already? Now, granted, he could come in with some perspective on season one and then have some new ideas that he wants to incorporate into season two. But it feels like like that doesn't feel like the move that that they've specifically made with the TV universe. It seems like the TV universe is you hire your showrunner slash director and they pick their writer like it, it. They don't usually do it to where like, well, here's your writer. And then he, and then they they try to match you with a director yeah. or something like that. All right. Yeah, like, um, like that's I said, just I mean, not how they've a, done business. There's a lot of fishy stuff here, but on the other side of the coin, some of it does kind of make sense if this was real. And, and BD yeah, being yeah. involved in some capacity would make sense considering he had the framework for not only the Kenobi trilogy of movies, but a lot of it became Kenobi season one. And you could definitely yeah. argue that, you know, whether we uh, trust this leak or not, I think BD had some good ideas for mm-hmm. continuing Kenobi stories. Like I, I would definitely be interested with watching Kenobi's training to, you know, become a force spirit, but also like BD said, just coming to grips with knowing like I, I have to die for this plan to work. And yeah. that, that, that'd be heavy for anyone, even a Jedi like Kenobi. Like I, I don't care how good of a place he is in after season one, if your boy comes in, be like, "Hey, man, good to see you again. You did great. Let's learn how to be Force Ghosts." And oh, by the way, you're gonna have to fucking die. Um, he's probably not gonna just be like, "Oh, all right, sounds good. Let's do it." Okay. Can you tell me when I'm gonna have to die? No, you're, it's just gonna happen one day. Deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. Is it just one of those feeling things? Well, exactly. I know when I have yeah. To die? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, like, come on, Qui Gon. Why are you doing me like this? You, you hang that over here, my but... head. You, you, you give me this life sentence and now I just have to wake and live with it every day. Well, today, the yeah. day I die to save the force and bring the balance back. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So here's some other ones that, again, I think are almost too fan canony. Yeah. Uh, Tamara Morrison will have a big role in Kenobi season two. So, again, if you think back to some of these ideas that Beatty had. Yeah, he wanted Commander Cody in the Kenobi series as a a friend of Kenobi. Uh, we were gonna get that cool introduction where Kenobi's walking around the one of the towns, and Cody comes up and puts a knife to him. And we, as the audience, we don't know like, oh, is he hunting Kenobi as a rogue clone? And then you find out that Cody's like, God damn it, Ben! You see how easy it is to get you. You you, you yeah. got to be safer, like that type of shit. And they would reminisce about the Clone Wars. You know, they're they're like two old ladies hanging out talking about the past. So, while I would love to see it and I would be all for it, it, it just seems too much. Like, did this guy just read the 
the the beady interviews interview. <laughs> or, or did he did he find the star wars time show breakdowns of it and he's just yeah. kind of putting it out there trying to make it real you know there's people that think if you if you you speak it into the universe or the galaxy enough it will just become real uh, i don't know so <laughs> Uh, he goes on to talk about Boba Fett season two won't feature much Tatooine. Hmm, another kind of fan gripe. Uh, we'll have swamp environments, nightclub environment, a cityscape planet, and a grassy planet at minimum. Apparently, this person has seen concept art. And in terms of what Boba will look like, he has a green poncho over his armor, but the armor has not changed. So, like I said, I, I, it all sounds I, fucking great. Like, yeah. s- sign me up, but. The fact that this wasn't picked up by any other site that I know that covers leaks leads me to believe that this is a, yeah. a straight turd burger. But hey, it, you know, it got yeah. some eyes on the on the site, I guess. <laughs> so. I, I definitely don't buy the I don't <laughs> buy any of his Kenobi S2 stuff. I mean, maybe I, 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 I would buy that they would start filming summer 2023 if if it's happening like that seems like a, a, an appropriate right. timeline. Uh the the Beatty stuff don't buy it. The Tem stuff don't buy it because that's purely based off of what Beatty has already written and talked about. <laughs> the Boba season two stuff is so innocuous that it could oh, definitely yeah. happen. <laughs> like yeah, sure. So, like oh yeah, there's gonna be yeah. a, a city. <laughs> there's gonna it's be like a he's, city planet. He, he's gonna, gonna a, go to a planet that's a planet got with, grass. with grass. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, like okay, whoa. all right, shit. That guy's got a fucking source. Nailed it. Hey, you know Grass? what, Nick? There, there's also going to be space and stars in um, Book of Boba Fett season two. That's, so watch out. You know, watch I have out. to see the concept art to believe. You you might <laughs> even see Boba Fett's starship, also known as Slave but One. How could you possibly know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I never divulge my sources. So. Sources. Hey, either hey, either way, you know, I thanks to the fans for kicking yeah. this my way. I, I'm always down to look at something. A lot of times I've already seen it. Uh, but like I said, I, I had some time to kill last Friday. So why not try to get a few more easy subs in here with some short form content? But there you go. Uh, th- this guy's saying it's supposed to be announced at D23. And I'm pretty sure Disney has said that there's not going to be any Star Wars at there's D23. There's no Star Wars stuff so, at so, D23. So that's another, that's another red flag right there. At best, if I think if you get any Star Wars announcements, they'll be coming up in two weeks during the Disney Plus day. Um, yeah, I think at best, you know, you might get a trailer for Bad Batch if they finally decide to like quit playing games and actually announce its release date, and you may get a trailer for Tales of the Jedi. But I, I, I do think I've also read that D twenty three is going to be uh, Star Wars less. <sighs> yeah. All right, man. We got one Andy. last one before we get into the fan segment this week, and Nick found this one right before we hit the go button on the episode today. So, posted for, about for, for those two of you that are fans of the Last Jedi, this one's for you. This, yes. Uh, so this one here is from our favorite Star Wars director, Ryan Johnson. So uh, he's hitting the rounds, making uh, you know, doing interviews and stuff like that for Knives Out Two sequel. It's uh, gonna be on Netflix, but of course, when he's on the circuit, oh, oh, hold on, Wars. real quick. Yeah, did you have any fucking clue that Netflix was 25 years old this week? So I saw that. I did not know that right? it was 25 like, years old. How did I, when I was 17, how did I miss that Netflix was a thing? Like Netflix was a thing when I was in high school, apparently. So I watched. So there is a documentary 
about was it called netflix in 97 i i think it was because netflix itself has never changed names the only time that that tried to happen was when they tried to split their dvd and their streaming service into two different businesses but that never happened okay i remember in the H, in the blockbuster documentary there was this there was a hefty portion on netflix and but I did not know it was 25 years yeah, either. Because I, I, all right, sorry, that, that's a yeah. completely random tangent. But as soon as you said Netflix, I was like, I was like oh, Netflix, yeah. 25 years. Who the fuck knew? <laughs> so. Yeah. So, um, for those of you who don't know, um, Glass Onion, which is the first sequel to Knives Out, hits Netflix in December. Looking forward but, to it. Yeah, it, absolutely. I mean, I love Knives Out. I love the the murder mystery genre. So I'm excited to see what Ryan does with, with Glass Onion. But what came up during the his interview circuits was always Star Wars stuff. So he said that he's still super excited and he still wants to do his trilogy. He said it would break my heart if if you know if he were finished, as in if he were not to make Star Wars again. But one thing that he did say is that he's still actively talking to Kathleen Kennedy about it. So it's not just like a pie in the sky wish. Um, and so this is cool. He says I've stayed close to Kathleen Kennedy. And we get together often to talk about it. It's just at this point a matter of schedule and when it when it can happen. It would break my heart if I were finished if I couldn't get back into that sandbox at some point. So the one thing that we always knew was that he he he's always said that like I want to do it again. I want to do it again. But there was never, at least on our end, any acknowledgement from the Lucasfilm side that they were actually interested in, in continuing to pursue that, especially after, after the hubbub the, around TLJ, yeah, the, the, the backlash. But to know that, that Kathleen, that he and Kathleen are actively talking about it, like is interesting because that means that it's likely going to happen. It's well, just I, I now mean, at this point is when is it going to happen? Even the dude, the tone he's taking, he's, he's almost pleading through the media like please yeah. don't please don't cancel me <laughs> please don't cancel me from this i really want to do it where you know some of us were probably like you know he's probably happy that he doesn't have to do it after uh yeah. the, the the ass fucking he took but i was telling you before we went live i mean he, he's been doing rounds like you said for the the sequel to knives out and uh, this is also the fifth year anniversary already of TLJ. So clearly people are asking him about it. And he's like, listen, I'm I'm just as proud, if not more proud than the movie today than I was when we first released it. And, yeah. you know, he, he clearly still has an attachment to Star Wars, which is interesting if you compare it to what John Boyega has been saying on his press tours for I think his new movie either came out last week or it's coming out this week. I actually might go check it out. It looks pretty good. I think yeah. it's called like break breakdown or breaking or something like that. Yeah. But Boyega more or less said like, you know what? I'm, I'm good. Like I'm done. I'm good. Yeah. Finn. I think Finn's good. Seven through nine is really all I need to deal with. He's like, listen, I'm, I'm happy that Lucasfilm and uh, castmates are finally like he, he really, you know, he got yeah. fucked during his tenure with racism yeah. and no one coming to support him. And he was, he was, what he was essentially saying was like, listen, guys, I'm good. I've dealt with it. I've, I've worked it out. He's like, what makes me happy is that I, I was, was getting, I was kind of the, this is me saying it. I was kind of the Jesus Christ figure for this. I, I kind of took it. I shouldered the burden being a, a, a black lead star in Star Wars. 
Lucasfilm didn't stand up for me with all the bullshit. My cast members didn't stand up for me with all the bullshit. But he's like, I'm glad that hopefully what I had to go through woke them up. And that's why they actually came out and supported Moses um, forcefully. I mean, the Lucasfilm, the official Star Wars, you and himself, everyone, as soon as that first episode dropped, they were all out there saying, shut the fuck up. No one did that for Boyega. Not a single person, not Daisy, yeah. not Adam, not Oscar, not Lucasfilm. AJ, so, none of them. None yeah. of the directors. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, and, and, and you can tell like John, he, he's definitely probably talked about this. I don't know if he's done therapy or what, but he, he sounds like a man that is, he's good with his time with Star Wars, but he has zero interest in revisiting that character and, and kind of feels like he was he had to suffer so future generations of black actors in star Wars don't have to deal with what he had to. Yeah. Was that, is that a decent summary of what, what he said? Okay. I think, I think that that is a good summary and you know, John Boyega is fucking busy now too. Like he has his own production company. I think he's got like four movies actively in production, two of which he's, he's acting. in. So like he's, he's, his like gravy train is, is rolling and he's doing well. So he doesn't really need to go back to the well. I mean, maybe five, 10 years, you know, he may want to revisit the character if, if a good opportunity arises, but um, yeah, I mean, it's a all, bit of a shame. I, yeah. I, I honestly, Finn was one of my favorite characters coming out of TFA. I thought he was fun as fuck. Yeah. Tons of potential. Um, I, I will. That is one of my knocks for TLJ. I'm not a TLJ hater. I, I enjoyed it day one. I enjoy it today. It, it definitely has some problems like most of the Star Wars movies do. Uh, but I think the handling of of Finn was a little odd. Uh, I, I do feel like he had a hero moment there at the end when he's going to sacrifice himself. I can remember the first time I watched it, I did get, you know, visibly... Uh, upset I, I was getting anxious like oh shit they're gonna fucking kill this guy too they not only did they remove him from kind of the main story but they're they're gonna fucking kill the black character already uh and then they did jj tried to circle things back in in uh tross but you know finn yeah. was severely discounted from tfa on yeah yeah, um, it was it was yeah, hard it, to circle back to that character it, it does yeah, suck i, mean, I, we, I would we've already i would love <laughs> For all of them to come back after all the fucking crazy people have either grown up or got over themselves and, you know, kind of have another tour with the with the sequel cast. There, there was a nucleus of good in the sequel trilogy. We all know it. We can all sit there and make fun of it now, but we all know when we saw TFA, comparisons and similarities in A New Hope or not, we all had hope that, yes... I was like, yeah, finally. I'm like fucking excited about Star Wars and where the story's going. It's not, I, I was like, it's not the prequels. That, that's my biggest uh, thing going into the sequel trilogy. It can't be the prequels. It can't be the prequels. And I go in, it's like, it's not the prequels. Yeah. And then, hey, we get what we get. We're not going to relitigate it. We know why the sequel trilogy isn't as good as it should be. Uh, it's not because of any one person. It was a concaphony of fucking stupid decisions at the top. From Bob down to Kathy. They just fumbled the fuck out of that whole thing. Uh, but I'm never going to blame J.J., Ryan, or, or Colin. No. It wasn't their fucking fault. If I was handed a, 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 you know, keys to the kingdom in Star Wars and I was told I could do whatever the fuck I want, I'd do the same fucking thing. I would make the movie I want to make and I want to see. 
So yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what that's what's gonna happen when you give those people when you give yeah. people like that free reign. So yeah, and most um, people listen to the show are artistic in nature. I mean, come on. If you're yeah. given a blank canvas, you're gonna do what you want to do. Enough said. So anything else out of this Johnson yeah, I mean, thing? Not really. Um, the the only quote that Kennedy had on on um, Ryan's trilogy was uh, like a while ago, a few months ago, and she just said, "Everybody's so busy, genuinely busy, and working on things." Ryan had giant success with Knives Out, and that he, you know he's very committed to try and get that done. So it'll be a while. And we'll have to work three, five years in advance on what we're doing. So that's where that sits. Um, so but, in your heart of hearts, Nick, does Ryan Johnson get to play in Star Wars ever again? I, I do think he does because I genuinely don't think that like Kathleen and now Dave are going to look at what people think about him as a director when it comes to like, allowing him to to play in star wars again they one they know that he's an incredible content creator incredible director incredible writer um so just because like people in the star wars universe got mad doesn't mean that they're just not going to work with him again i i do think i mean it may be eight years down the line when well, they it's, finally, it's already been five yeah. since it was announced yeah. that he was doing a trilogy so, yeah, so you know why not I mean, pile on another decade yeah, you know. Right. Like, hey, Nick, time heals all wounds. Is that their approach, right? Is that the approach you're taking here? <laughs> I mean, look at the fucking prequel trilogy now. Like everybody yeah. is like the prequel trilogy is the best thing to ever happen yeah. to Star no, Wars yeah. and it's been 23 years since the first one come out. So yeah. like I it, mean, even my angry ass does. enjoys them now. So yeah, yeah, shit happens, man. You never know. Yeah. You so, never know. I I just I I know for a fact that there there's enough curmudgeons that would be like even if it was the greatest Star Wars of all time, they they would still boycott it because that would make yeah. them feel like, see, I've stuck to my guns. Even if it's great, I'm still never giving another dollar to a Ryan Johnson Star yeah. Wars project. <laughs> It's yeah. like, come on, people. Uh, like it, it's a fucking movie. <laughs> like, let's they'll go. definitely have those people out there, but I genuinely don't think that that Kathy or anybody All who's right. actually a decision maker over there is going to to use uh, that as like a I mean in the end to hire. we don't even have like a real Star Wars movie verse anymore, anyways. So who get it, it, anything is possible on the movie side of Star Wars at this point in time. You know what I mean? Anything. I mean, mean, are we going to get Rogue Squadron? Who the fuck knows? Is Taika Waititi ever going to make one? Who the fuck knows? And that's pretty much where we're at with Ryan Johnson. Who the fuck knows? Yeah. There's just (laughs) zero. They have like zero plan, I think, for the movie side at this point. They've realized they've got a a pretty much a sure thing with the TV wing. and, And I think that's where they are. They have full forces focused. Yeah, definitely. All right, dude. Ah. Good stuff. Ryan Johnson always gets people excited. Does gets all the haters out. (laughs) All right. Well, it is perfect time for the Star Wars Time Show fan segment. That's right, people. We are the only, at least in our heads, the only Star (laughs) Wars fan podcast that dedicates a weekly segment to our fans. There's two ways to get involved. The first is the question of the week, which we're going to do now. So while I'm pulling up the board here to get involved in the question of the week, you have to check us out on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. 
And on Tuesday mornings, I will post the prompt in our stories as well as in our post. You just have to read it, process it, and then lay down your thoughts. And uh, we'll, we'll sit around, close our eyes, do eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and we'll pick up to, you know, sometimes five, six, we can't count, comments to talk about during the fan segment, which is going to happen right now. So the question of the week is very similar to our special topic. We're letting you play with us. So what fan favorite character or legacy character? See, I'm sticking with legacy now because that's what Gilroy uses. Uh, but anyways, which which one of these types of characters do you want to see in the Andor series? All right, so Nick up first. I'll I guess I'll, I'll yeah I'll grab the lone story real quick and then you can hit the block. Yeah. This is coming from uh, one of our most loyal question of the week respondents, Ripic underscore underscore Tan on Instagram. You can see now I, I just copy the whole damn chat, so hopefully thing. I don't I don't capture any secrecy. You get a little preview of one of Ripick's latest light painting shots. Dude's doing some cool stuff with light painting. But anyways, Ripick wants to do this. We might get a bunch or none. Who knows what Gilroy and gang are up to? He knows all about Lord Gilroy. That that means oh, yeah. he's a good listener and he knows what everyone should know about Sir Tony. <laughs> Um, maybe Akbar. All right. So going with Nick, I'm still hoping for Jar Jar. I, hey, we all are, but that might be a little too far fetched. It would be dope to see some more huts or even Jabba, any named clones, some bounty hunters, Ara Singh would be cool to see general Nadine. How about Maydeen? But I get Maybe. you. I thought it was Nadine too. So I had to use the internet. Maybe we see a bond between Mothma and the Bothans. <laughs> Tarkin and Palps for sure. All right. So Ribic Tan had a, I mean, he's, Right now, if he was in the same room as Tony Gilroy, Tony Gilroy would have slapped him in the face and then spit on him. So, yeah, um, but him hey, up. we're with you, Ripic. The more the merrier. But clearly, Tony is not down. These would probably all be classified as cynical cameos. That's very true. So, too cynical for Tony Gilroy. <laughs> not going to happen, Ripic. Get the yeah. fuck out of here. Right. Come on. Uh, <laughs> next up is Drunk Wookie. The best says, kind of Wookie. The best kind. Rips arms off without even noticing. Uh, he says, Infant's Nest. She knows Saw Guerrera is a rebel. Actress works for Lucasfilm. Fans loved her sick wow. helmet and that's is a, a badass. That's a good fucking call because, I mean, she was. I mean, right? Emphis is running her own rebel cell in Solo, right. which predates Andor. Uh, I mean, she was trying to steal the coaxium for the fucking rebels anyway. So I, how the fuck did I not think of that? Yeah. I so when I saw that one on the uh, on the responses, I was like, one, I'm definitely pulling this one because it's probably the best answer that's yeah. that, that we had responded. But I wasn't going to put it in my own because I didn't want to take credit for Drunk Wookie's work. Right, um, well, but he's right, honest, I mean, man. I, I I do think that out of everybody that could potentially be a cameo, a legacy character, whatever you want to call him. Enfys Ness is the one that may be most likely used oh, yeah. by Gilroy because oh, yeah. she's so small. People already, you know, raged against the movie she was in. So it's not like people are up in arms to see her or like begging anybody for her to be back right. in anything. And she is so relevant to what the story is being told right now. So, yeah, I think it's a good call. No, that, that is brilliant. And, and honestly, she, she could be an easy one. Uh, oh, geez. Excuse me. <laughs> She could be an easy one with that fucking helmet. 
Like it's yeah. it's so noticeable. She didn't even have to say anything. She could just be in a background of a of a meeting of rebel cells or, you know, that Luthen's going out to recruit. Maybe he's one of her stops. But well, that Indeed. wouldn't make sense because she's already she's doing already rebel stuff during during the time of solo. So no, that hey, drunk Wookiee, you I think you already win the yeah. fan question of the week. Good for he, you. He wins. Definitely. Uh, good, good stuff there. So after drunk Wookiee, we have Panda motherfucker. He's, he must have been reading he, my notes. Uh, <laughs> he says, not sure if the timeline would align, but how about Crix Maydeen? Maybe get a bit of canon backstory. It'd be great to see him and Mon Matha connect pre-ROTJ. Yeah. Uh, hey, Panda, so, clearly you and I have some sort of dyad in the force going on, yeah. so I'm, I'm with a you. That's, that's pretty much right where I was at with was good like, old in, General Maydeen. Yeah, I mean, Cri- Crix Maydeen is a fucking uh, a hardcore like deep cut, too. Like Look at says, this dude. So. I mean, honestly, for a guy that's really nothing, he really does stick in people's minds for it that. Does, it's, yeah. And I'm telling you, it's the way he is introduced. General mm-hmm. yeah. Maydeen. Like, it's so fucking pomp and circumstance. Like, yeah. all right. And he comes in and he, like, runs that whole meeting. Pimped this out. is how yeah, he's we're going to do it. He's got, like, that 70s. Well, I know it was in the 80s, but he still has, like, that 70s hairdo. He's got that <laughs> beard, you know? Yeah. What a pimp. He really is a pimp. Good shit. Lima Four Photos says, I'd go with any character that will make a great Hot Toys figure oh, look at that this Matt, little, look at this Matt guy. will end up buying. <laughs> Man, come on. You guys are preying on my fanboyism and my FOMO here. Uh, I have not pulled the trigger on the Grand Inquisitor Hot Toy yet. I don't know. I'm like, I... I'm actually, I've been going through and canceling a lot of Black Series too. I just, Uh, you know, a lot of it's leg depression. I haven't really liked doing a lot of things that I used to like, but I think I'm finally getting to the point of becoming much more reasonable with my collecting. Yeah. Uh, This could just be all conjecture at this point, but I'm not really getting that up for new reveals, you know? Nothing wrong with that. I know. One day I'm it may trying. come back around to you. Uh, more than likely it will. <laughs> I, I, my collecting life does go in cycles. And really the last big one would have been the Black Series run, the Hot Toys, you know, Funko, whatever. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a sickness. It is. All right, next up, Baron's Black Series. He's on the runways right now, working right. with those planes. Unloading jets. Yep. Uh, he says Thrawn for sure, but I'd love a live-action Zeb. Um. One, I think live action Zeb would would be pretty fucking cool, but I, we we would have to see because like live action Zeb would function in the same way as like how all of the rest of like Ghost Crew and Phoenix Squadron would would filter into this show because I yeah. think at this point like he's already kind of crewed up, so yeah, I don't he, know. He's if more he than likely with the go- see- yeah, yeah, I mean because uh, Harris, Sabine, Kanan, and Zeb and Chopper. They they were doing this, I think, for at least a couple of years before they ran into Bridger on Lothal. You know, like yes. they they, they kind of had to bring him in because he fucked up a mission they were on. So yeah, I mean, hey, I I'm I'm definitely pining for live action Zeb. I, I want to see how they even do it. Do they go CG? Do they go practical? Do they do a mix? Uh, yeah. If you think what they did with Kersantan, I mean, that was fuck. I, I think Kersantan looks better than every version of Chewbacca we've ever seen. Yeah. And that was all practical. I and mean, that's just some big ass fucking dude in there. Yeah. So, I mean, I agree. I would love to see him, but I think Zeb falls into the, the, uh, 
the the cartoon canon that that Tony Gilroy's not yeah, a that, fan that, of. Okay, I, I damn it. For some reason, I forgot that Lord Gilroy was involved, and yeah, this, so this Gil- would Gilroy. not fit at all. So I don't think it's gonna happen. Sorry, Spencer, you have uh, you have not listened to Tony in his way right. of uh, writing Star Wars stories. Yeah, you're a little yeah. too much of a Star Wars fan. This is his way. Not this is the. It's not real enough, dude. You're not being real (laughs) enough for Star Wars. (laughs) Yeah, come on, get with it. I do think that Thrawn, like if Thrawn's going to be included in anything pre Ahsoka, I do think that that I think that Thrawn would fit here 100. percent And I think that he is an integral enough character that I think, and I do think that that Gilroy would find Thrawn interesting, which is the biggest reason why I think that he would include him. So yeah, because I, I I could definitely see if Thrawn was real, he would hate Star Wars too because it's it's like it's not real, you know. Like yeah. Thrawn, <laughs> very analytical, right? Strategic, yep. no yes. bullshit. So yeah, I agree. So there you go. Last up, TBS Data Vault. He says two <laughs> words: Borgullet. The Borgullet has become <laughs> one of the most iconic characters in in star wars i think because forrest whitaker literally loses his shit yeah. when he says the name like he literally goes crazy <laughs> he does, I, I love like forrest he... but i mean come on the guy you know he has like a natural lazy eye so he always kind of looks like he's a little goofy and it just he's like the board like, I, I, his portrayal of saw uh, Guerrero and rogue one is fucking far out like go back and is, watch dude. it like he is He's off his rocker, which apparently Saul was yeah. supposed to be at that point in time. But shit, man, yeah. Whitaker went way over the top. He was tweaked. Like, he was tweaked the whole time. But you are right. Like, specifically when he brings up Borgullet, it's like, did this dude just fucking, <laughs> like, did he just, like, take some acid? Like, what yeah. the fuck happened? Because he just transitioned into, like, this crazy... Mo- Borgullet will find the truth. It's like, yeah. oh my no, God. He, he sounds like someone you could probably fa- find in your old neighborhood, like floating around in the bayou. He's like, oh, you're the Borgullet. It's like, what the fuck are you saying, dude? You were just talking like, like normal English two seconds ago. And yeah, then you bring up this Borgullet and you're like, you know, it goes into like tongues almost. Yeah. I mean, we may see it. We know that Saw is going to be in the show. So, you know, maybe he makes his way in this Borgullet. We'll see, but uh, I mean, that's another, I, dude, I'm, I'm gonna be saying this the rest of the fucking day now. I can just tell it's stuck with uh, me. Borgali. I mean, that's another deep cut. I mean, I don't think a lot of people like everybody loves Rogue One, but I don't know how many people like that are casual fans remember Borgal at that. But, well, so. but I mean, honestly, what the? It's it's like just a big fucking. Mind reading blob it's thing, weird. right? Like it's like a yeah. fucking blob of shit, and it does it have tentacles? I can't remember. I mean, it, yeah, it does. I think it like kind of like yeah, like it kind of like looks like those the like didn't it kind of look like Rathars from The Force Awakens? Those yeah. things that escape. Is it, it wasn't is it, I, as I, round, but yeah, yeah okay. kind of. Yeah. But it's like, what the fuck is it? Is it a character? Like, is it a thing? And is it a part of the Rebel Alliance? Like, what the fuck is the Borgali? It's almost very fair. weird. <laughs> Like it's hard to see where, like, where did fucking Saw is that its, find is that its name, or or is it like you know the Eye of the Webbish Bog from Mustafar? Is it something like yeah. that? I mean, what, what the, the board Borgali? I've, I've never looked up its Wikipedia, so now I'm looking at it. So it's <laughs> Borgullet was a purple skinned. Myron with the ability to read thoughts. Saw Guerrero uses to torture Bodhi Rook. Okay, yeah. Uh, but there's not a lot of backstory on it. Like there's not like 
That's or it. Gullet before Saw Gerrera. There's nothing like that on Wikipedia. It just says that it's a Myron. Like did, did, did he create it? I mean, is it like a fucking science experiment? Is it a failed Dude, that's clone? That's what I'm confused I mean, about. Is, is like, it, it almost seems like he like found this thing or like i don't, right. I don't want to say you know kidnapped like it but like the like at some point in time do you see borgali sitting around like the planning table for missions like is he a regular part of Saul Cruz like two tubes you know like hey hey two tubes go tell borgali it's time for dinner and he fucking yeah, like, like slugs his way in he's like Bleh. and then so all the of a bio- sudden <laughs> Saul's like borgali's here it's time to eat our dinner <laughs> So, <laughs> so the the Myron are listed as semi sentient, which means that they're not a, the like they don't they don't have the ability to like. I guess it would be like how they, can they you be, the, how can something be semi sentient? Doesn't it have to be all or nothing when it comes to sentience or whatever the fuck the word is? I yeah, I mean sentience. You would figure is kind of like all. I mean, maybe it has the ability. Like you either like know you're real minds. You either know you're real or you don't. How do you half know you're real? <laughs> right? Yeah. <Isn't> that- <laughs> it's a hard. Yeah, I, I, I'm not sure, but oh, dude. it's a semi sentient creature from what it All says. Right. So hey. I don't think that he's joining them at the dinner table. I think I just I just figured out my a Star Wars tattoo that no one has, and that I'm getting the fucking Borgali. Borgali, yeah. And I'm gonna get Saul's face like like speaking it, where he's all like Borgali, his fucking eyes <laughs> all crooked, <laughs> like all fucking bug eyes. <laughs> Holy yeah. shit, Borgali. All right. Well, hey, I, I actually think Borgali wins them all at this point in time. Yeah. Now yeah that we we just call. spent that much time on it. So thank good you, TBS, TBS Data Vault. <laughs> uh, I just hope I can get through the show without saying Borgali 500 more times. <laughs> all right. So that, well, that wraps the fan segment there, my friends, yeah. which leads us into the second opportunity the fans to join in with the Star Wars Time Show uh, Tuesdays on the live stream, youtube.com slash Star Wars Time Show. And then the podcast version drops on Wednesday on all cool kid podcast platforms. So now it is time for the bread and butter, the Big time, the most sought after recognition that a Star Wars Time Show fan can get. And that is making the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week list. So for those that may be new here every week through Instagram, if you are a Star Wars artist of any kind, toy photography, poop photography, real Star Wars art, real ass paint, literature it doesn't matter we're here for you we want to see it we want to celebrate you so tag at star wars time show and use hashtag star wars time show every morning upon my uh, awakening i go through the tags i go through the hashtags and i share on our account the standouts then on monday after a a grueling day of work nick sits down with a pipe maybe a hot toddy a cold beer and goes through all of the week features and picks his top five, which we then discuss here on this humble little program known as the Star Wars Time Show. So, mm-hmm. Nick, you have selected our top five for the week running 822 to 829. Who is the first winner? The first winner is Killcutter Photo. Killcutter's oh, yes. been on a <laughs> rampage recently. These and fucking I, Ewoks, man. The, <laughs> so what we see... Are are two Ewoks? I believe it's it's what Paplu and Chief Trippa. It's definitely Paplu, and I don't know if that's low gray or yeah, that might oh, be yeah. Chirpa. Yeah, yeah it's, it's Chirpa, it's, I think. 
Yeah, so they're sitting there. They're sitting on top of some uh, contraption, smoking a doob, and they're looking off at in the distance at the satellite that is projecting the uh, the what is it called the shield sphere around the Death Star two, and they're just like, "Hey, man, we're gonna fucking blow that thing up tomorrow, man. It's gonna be fucking sick." Yeah. It's just, it's just so funny to see this because I could actually see Ewoks doing this. Oh yeah, you know I, that I mean, Ewoks are smoking some kind of uh, plant that, that that grows on Endor. So, <laughs> who the fuck is the other done. Ewok here, man? That's not. I think Sherpa. you may have. I think I think you said Lagre, and I think that's right. Is I think I think it. I can't remember, man. Uh, Maybe shit. It's it's hard to tell from from his back. I think it's one of the ones that's on. He walks in. Uh, it's okay. in Galaxy of Heroes. All right, all right. So, g- g- give us a little second here. I- I- I'm not gonna be able to move on until I figure this out because I feel like a failure here. I- I've got the game yeah. open now. I'm going to uh, the filter. Just Ewoks. Tebow. Fuck. Tebow. Yep. Yep. Fuck. Yep. How do I miss Tebow? <laughs> Tebow's like uh, one of the best Ewoks. Come on, man. Yeah. All right. Anyways, yeah. so here's the deal. And um, I, I like your interpretation. Again, art is subjective, uh, but I, I I end up reading the creator's comments. Okay, and yeah. so Killcutter here, his <laughs> the idea for this shot, as Nick uh, explained here, you know, you got these two Ewoks sitting on a structure, kind of checking out that huge imperial uh, satellite dish that was enabling oh. the shield to Death Star 2. You can see Death Star 2 being constructed. And what Killcutter said, the reason for this shot was, he's like, I wondered what the Ewoks were doing as they were watching a planet being built in their sky. And so this is what his answer to that question was. So to him, the Ewoks, instead of possibly preparing for battle, they're just sitting there smoking weed like, oh, what the fuck is this? Like, oh, look at this fucking thing. Like, yup, nub, yup, nub. Like, oh, just, oh, just watching the these invaders essentially set up shop in the uh, atmosphere of their planet. But either way, artist story aside, it's this, the shot of two Ewoks watching something, passing a joint, and all my mind can think about, like, what, what are these two little fur bags talking about? Like... Hey, you know, yub nub, yub nub, yeah. yub yub yub, yeah. nub nub, yub yub, doop chucks, <laughs> shit like that. Like, you know, yeah. what are they talking about? Like, hey, you, these fucking walking things are showing up here. These these white, <laughs> all white uh, gods are showing up. I mean, what should we do? And Tebow's like, I don't give a fuck. Give me that joint. He's like, like, like yes, yeah, s- stop bogarting that joint there, uh, Paplu. It's time for Tebow to take a hit. So. Uh, just I don't know I just I, I love the zaniness of the shot good stuff there yeah. from at kill cutter photo that's right kill cutter with another gem next up is at idealistic crusader and what we see here is an alternate take I, you know I like that you went RTJ. with this because I you know you I, I I tend to think you're more drawn towards like the the artistic the eye catchers so I, I kind of want to hear why, uh, not that I, I'm saying this shouldn't be here. I love that it's here, but mm-hmm. what, what kind of stood out to you in this shot? I think that like, even though it isn't using like the quote unquote, like pretty toys, cause these are like, you know, the, the star Wars vintage line. Is it like, are, I, dude, are these I don't like know. Kenner figures? Honestly, or? man, I, I can't even say these are fucking Kenner. I mean, these, these could be full on like bootlegs from another country uh, yeah. because these seem to have their their elbows can bend which kenner yeah. figures did not so 
Uh, but they are kind of made in that retro vintage style. And yeah. go ahead. I, I, I kind of cut in when you were setting up the shot for people but on the radio. Uh, yeah, so what we see here is an alternate take on the end of ROTJ where Luke does turn to the dark side, but he turns to the dark side at an earlier point, not when Palpatine is pushing him right, to. Right. So he turns to the dark side, helps his father kill Palpatine and the two Imperial guards there. And what we see now in the shot is Palpatine essentially on the ground, yeah. hands up, he, doing he, the same thing that he did with Mace Windu, like, oh, I'm too weak. No, you can't kill me. No, <laughs> unlimited the, power. The, he, the diorama that that uh, idealistic crusader has put together here is also very impressive. I love it. So you get to yeah, see it's just like that interior. It's yeah. like that fold out paper diorama that is definitely meant to be the uh, emperor's throne room. Yeah, uh, I, I I honestly think I don't know if this is an actual Luke figure or if idealistic crusaders did like a head swap. But it, to me, if Luke joined the dark side, I think that's exactly what he would whip. And it, it, it's kind of like think of it. To me, it looks like it may even be the fifth brother's um, body, like the yeah. fifth brother Inquisitor's body. Uh, so maybe these are like the new retro figures that Hasbro makes, and he just did a head swap. But either way, I, I, I do think that's what Luke would style. Kind of like, uh, you know, black shoulder armor, little chest armor. Yeah. Then, then kind of like that, that spandexy Imperial type of shit, some hip armor. You know, you got some nice black gloves that go up to the elbow. It, 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 you know, he kind of looks like his dad without I being say, paying, more machine than, than man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Paying homage to his father with his get up. But yeah, no, I just thought it was a it was a creative setup. Um, that, yeah, I mean, these are vintage era toys or, you know, the, the new vintage collection, whatever they are. But I think that that idealistic crusader put together a really good composition with them and it yeah. tells a good story with with how he put it together. So. Yeah, it's like it's like Palpatine's doing the Luke in Jedi where yeah. he's like, "Father, please." <laughs> but instead, he's he doesn't have a father to call out to, so Sheev is dead here. Exactly. Uh, I don't think he's going to survive this encounter. He he's ripped Vader's limbs off too many times for Vader to let him go now that his yeah. son has joined him in the dark exactly. side. <laughs> Not getting out of this. One. Um all right. Next up is at Classy Mojo. Wow. People like this shot, huh? Yeah, this one over a thousand likes on the share. Um, but what we see here is Kane and Jarrus with the full like what was the type of mask? Uh, that's that the was? that's the Jedi Guardian mask that Guardian, he's wearing. Yes. Yeah. Yes, the Guardian mask. And what you can see behind him is uh, one of the Inquisitors, and then also you see three stormtroopers slanked on the side as Kanan is kneeling yeah. in meditation while doing like the Qui Gon Jinn meditation. Exactly. Yes. Very similar to Qui Gon in Episode One. Um, I don't know, man. This shot is just so clean on so many different levels. I mean, yeah. posing is perfect. You see the the uh, Inquisitor brother in the background, like even putting his arm out. To one of the the stormtroopers in the back saying like yeah, no like, I this is I my got this. guy right yeah, yep. I got this um it's just such a well executed shot on every level from Classy Mojo yeah I'm I'm a big fan as well uh you know there's there's no secret that I I like I like toy photography that is as stripped down as it can be in terms of the effects that the artist creates uh, I love bombastic shit too with with digital post effects so i'm not i'm not knocking any any approach to the hobby 
but I am always going to be drawn towards the more natural, organic light, outdoors type of setups. That's that's how I started. Uh, it's what I like to do. And it's, I think if I would have just stuck with that way of doing toy photography, maybe I wouldn't have got so involved and kind of ruined it for myself trying to be like, Oh, I want to be like this person with, with this background or these dioramas or, and all these fucking accessories. When that, that really wasn't what made me happy. What made me happy was playing with my fucking toys and taking pictures of them outside. And that's what classy mojo has kind of recaptured here. And I don't know if this is a custom head for Kanan because this isn't like an actual figure head, Nick. Mm. Uh, I don't know if it's swapped from another figure. If Classy had someone that made it for him and then he painted it. But either way, it, it, it's one of my... I do think Kanan does wear the helmet at some point in time in it that isn't like his blinder helmet. Because I, I have a custom Kanan with the blinder helmet on it that they yeah. eventually make for him after he you know goes blind. That's that the helmet is a custom okay. made by Marky Mark 029 on All right. Instagram. So, yeah, great. Again, another wonderful looking 3D printed thing from the community that really elevates a, a figure. I mean, the Kanan figure, even the re-release, re I, I still was like, yeah, the face isn't that great. It was much better than the first release, but it still wasn't like, eh, you know, whatever. Uh, but this version of Kanan with that custom Jedi Guardian mask is fucking titties and clearly... A lot of fans think that way because we usually don't, on a reshare, get into the thousands. So, yeah. um, IG loved this one, and the fans did too. One hundred percent. So at Classy Mojo underscore on Instagram, make sure to go give the artist a follow because clearly you guys like this shot. So give him some love on the platform. Um, next Look at this up, gem. I mean, this is this is at mint complete here. And he mint comes out like a hole. He comes out yeah. a hole like once or twice a year, and, and it's a fucking work of art every time. Yeah, I mean, mint complete has definitely made the top five in the past, and it's for the reason that he can make shots like this. So what we see here is Razor Crest from uh, the Mandalorian, and it is just like I don't even know how to describe it other than like it looks so realistic that it almost looks like a set photo or something. Like, yeah, mint is. So it's definitely toy photography, but Mint is a master Photoshop artist as well. So not only can he take like beautiful shots, but he just blends everything together in Photoshop so well that it looks real. It's actually hard to understand how he got this to look so crisp. It just blows my mind. Yeah, I, I thought he had um, a behind the scenes on his account. He does not. Um, but I can tell you, Nick, the only real thing here is the Razor Crest itself. Yeah, I mean, that's insane. Yeah. And if you zoom in, like if you zoom in on the grass, like he even has the grass bending yeah, and, and, like and, and, and being depressed where the where the ship's weight would be pushing down on it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm with you. I mean, things can get very uh, hyperbolic talking about Mint Complete. It's yeah. just it's one of those talents out there that, you know, wish they would produce more content because it's, it's so fucking good. Uh, but it's always nice to see when mint complete kind of comes back out and drops something. Cause you know, it's going to be a banger. And it, yeah. it really is like when I was on his page, if you just look at some of the names dropping comments on there and what they're saying, uh, I mean, black series. Yes. More visual approach yeah. photo. I mean, these are all like the top guys made my heart yeah. skip a Pla beat. Nose ring. Action. Yeah, yeah, Plastic Action, Sheesh, I mean, they're work more or less, they're all there. Avino, who's one of the best Lego shooters out there. So 
Uh, we we all kind of <laughs> raise our arms up and and praise when Mint Complete uh, drops a post, and it's because they're they're truly toy photography works of art. And yeah. they are kind of hard to figure out. Like, how do you get something that fucking polished with a toy? Uh, but Mint has figured it out for sure. He fucking, yeah, he can do it. I don't know how he does it, but he's, that, that is the magic of Mint Complete. So uh, make sure to give him a follow. Like Matt says, though, like he, he typically will do a few drops a year. He, he's not a regular poster, but man, when he puts out something, it's always top. Yeah, if you're, if you're a bot, you won't like Mint Complete. Uh, and you'll probably unfollow him. It's funny, like how many followers I've lost on Haywood Pop because I don't post regularly anymore. I mean, I've lost now, Nick, I think since I was active. I used to be over 6,000. I'm now under 5,900. Like that's how many many bots are jumping shit because I I find it hard (laughs) to believe that a human would take time to be like, you know what? This Haywood Pop hasn't posted in a few weeks. I'm going to unfollow it. Like I, I just, that doesn't even make sense to me. I mean- would yeah. you do that? Would you go through your your followers and be like, hey, this fucker hasn't posted in 10 days. Unfollow. It, it, the, the, no. <laughs> I, I'd never go through my Instagram follows. I mean, hey, hey just, look. Mig, Mig is actually on the show with us right now, Nick. Uh, oh Mint complete gosh. here. MJ is in the live stream saying, ha, 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 thanks, bros. They take time, meaning yeah, his no, works. I mean, and hey, it, we, we can tell. It, yeah. It's time well spent, my friend. But he has said that he has crawled back into his hole for now. So <laughs> <laughs> enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. There we Good go. Good things but come to say, those who wait. So yeah. go make sure to follow at Mint Complete because you never know when he's going to come out and drop another banger on your face. And the next one's coming. Yeah. I mean, it's beautiful, beautiful stuff at Mint Complete on Instagram. Um, last up in the top five this week is at Faceless underscore Trooper. And this is another one of those like minimalistic shots, but it's yep. so clean that it looks like it could have been taken on a set in real life. This looks like it could be somebody dressed up in a fucking Mando suit standing yeah, out it, in a field. It's like, a, it's like a, but, if Annie Leibovitz visited the set of Mandalorian, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's that good of a shot. So what we see is uh, season one Mando. So this is not full Beskar. This is still in his old kind of ratty armor. Beskar disintegration. Steel. Fuck, yeah, I'm still fucking. Steel. Yeah, Tones, Tones <laughs> comes in the, the Discord, which everyone's joined Discord. We got an open link in our Instagram account, Linktree. Check it out. Tones comes in and starts giving me shit. He's like, How could you not know this? In season one, episode one, they say Beskar Steel. And I'm like, That still's like saying Steel Steel or Blue Steel. It doesn't <laughs> fucking make sense. Anyways, yeah. back back to Faceless Trooper. Sorry. So what we got is is season one Mando pre Beskar pre full Beskar standing out in just like a like a beautiful kind of golden field you yeah know, like um and he's it's just a very simple shot standing there has his disintegration rifle in his hands cape is kind of whipped up a little bit from some wind and just just kind of looking off into the distance not you know doesn't look like he's on a job doesn't look like he's actively hunting somebody just kind of taking a quiet moment for himself right uh in this very serene uh grassland so just beautiful, yeah, beautiful again shot. i mean this is once i'm crutchless i i'm i need to get back and, and and dabble again if anything just to get all these fucking hot toys off i mean it's gotten nuts i i just got the miles morales hot toys from the uh into the spider verse dude how how many years ago was that movie at this point at least three or four into this yeah i think it was three i think it came out 2019 so they they're just now shipping that i didn't even fucking remember i had (laughs) him until they sent me the notice and he gets here and i'm like oh cool i wanted this three years ago but now i'm like 
he's just gonna sit here with I got tank trooper still in his box, uh fucking Moff Gideon still in his box, and then I have seven mm-hmm. others just hanging out on my table collecting dust. So uh point being here, I need to go back to my basics and I need to emulate you know, what what faceless true, you know, bring my doll outside, see what happens. Don't get yeah. so concerned about all the uh, accoutrements, if you will, all the all the nuances that can go into toy photography. So good stuff here, Faceless Trooper. Thank you for the motivation. Slowly but surely, I am going to do this. I am feeling a little bit of the itch again, but it's going to be way simplified because that's what I need at this point in my life. I, I, I can't. I'm never going to be those that create worlds with toy photography. It's just going to be, I like this figure. I think this picture looks cool of him or her or it. Here you go. Do you like it? Thank you. I don't care. All right. So, all right, Nick, I think that That does it right. That is the end of the top five. And that means it's the end of the show. So yes, Matt, Close us out. All right. Well, that was a good time. They usually are good times on Tuesday, but I don't know. Whenever, whenever we get into the special topic stuff and we just kind of riff on our own thoughts, I, I think that's my favorite. And that, that's honestly kind of how we we used to do things. So uh, maybe we'll, we'll try to do a little bit more of that in between now and Andor coming. But you know once Andor is coming, you're home for all things Andor breakdowns, insights, speculations, Easter eggs, things you might have missed, things you need to know cameos planets new names and places the star wars time show is your resource so our home on the internet is starwarstime.net don't forget it don't hate it because it's a .net it is what it is someone selling fake chewing tobacco i think has starwarstime.com still and we don't care um but the point of knowing about starwarstime.net especially if you want to recruit more friends, more family, more pets to the Star Wars Time Show fan universe. StarWarsTime.net's the best URL to give them because there they can jump to our socials. They can find all the podcast links. Yes, we are on every platform that matters. And if we are not on the one you use, like I always say, you're using the wrong platform. So StarWarsTime.net, get yourself subbed to the podcast, get yourself subbed to the YouTube channel. If you're listening now and you're not subbed to the YouTube channel, take the one second to do it for us. It's better than money. We don't ask for donations. We just ask for appreciations, which comes in the form of subs, ratings, reviews, likes, comments. All right, you know the drill. Sub, rate, review, like, comment, rinse, and repeat. That's how you pay us back. We love getting all the nice words and how great we are and we, we help you all and we do lots for the toy community. Give us the reach around we're asking for, okay? How about a little reach around for the Star Wars Time Show bros? StarWarsTime.net, pump it, stump it. You know what to do. There's always time for Star Wars time. And if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you always. (laughs) 